Hey, what's going on, everybody? Cali Death Podcast back again, 2021. Here's episode 11. Had a nice big uh, uh, break for uh, all the holidays and shit. And now we're back to get at it. Uh, we're coming hard at you with this first episode of 2021. We're bringing it, you know, it's called Cali Death Podcast, but we wanted to branch out. We got connections with other people around the world and stuff. And, and, and we talked, we've been talking to Lily for a little bit online and uh, defeated Sanity is a perfect fit for this podcast, dude. And, and what better band to have as our first international guest, you know, I, we've been a fan of you guys since fuck 2005, four for me, at least, you know, and uh, stuck with it the whole time, loving every album that came out and shit. So, Right now we got Lily, we got Josh, Jacob from the band Defeated Sanity. We got the resident homies Casey, Joel, and Joseph. We're back again. We we got a lot of things in store for you guys, and we're starting it off with this one right now. So welcome, guys. Welcome, welcome. Thanks for having. <laughs> yeah. What time is it for you right now, Lily? Um, it it should be eight. I like I'm. Like the screen is not showing the the clock, but I guess it would be about eight now. Yeah, right on, dude. That's crazy. Yeah, that you, in the that evening. You're 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 doing it at the time that we usually do it for ourselves over here. You know. Yeah. So this is actually another cool little different one too. Our first daytime podcast. Yeah. <laughs> A lot less drinking. <laughs> I just got to this some time. iced tea. <laughs> Fizzy water. <Yeah. laughs> Drinking's encouraged. Come on. <laughs> yeah but i gotta go be a dad after this dude so it's like i'm gonna take yeah. i'm gonna take my kids to the local park and and fall asleep on the slide or something <laughs> <laughs> if i were to drink right now <laughs> drink i guess yeah, your best life <laughs> yeah totally dude and that's that'll show them how to live their best life watch their dad fall asleep at the fucking park exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. right on guys fuck yeah dude well this this is sick dude i'm so i'm so happy that you guys are here um you know J joseph did a lot of uh digging and research and, and getting stuff together for this podcast so i'd like to actually hand the reins to him yeah. uh i he he definitely deserves to be front runner on this one for all the stuff that he's done for the for the episode so take it yeah. away joseph thanks dude so yeah i'm like one of the biggest defeated sanity fans out there um i remember getting turned on after psalms came out and i was uh a student and i would mountain bike my campus a lot and i just have this like vivid memory i don't know if it's like this for you guys but i associate memories for albums with particular places I was at the time that it made an impact and so I just have this memory my, my biggest defeated memory is just mountain biking with psalms on and just like chaos just downhill crushing it or even just <laughs> being around campus and just feeling like there's a fucking like demonic war going on in my head through the music and just looking around at people who are all like hippied out chill people and I I just had this like secret world of of doom and, and evil and terror but all in a positive way just like wow totally. i can hold this like fucking infinite world of chaos inside me and still so i don't know i just felt like a conduit for all this this great energy you guys brought on that album um and it's really been a hugely influential and, and of course following every album since and going back to the earlier stuff uh so i felt i felt way way hard into it so i wanted to like just start off by like um 
asking you guys what you're up to right now before we go because you guys have talked a lot on other episodes about how the band started and and your guys's musical history so you, we usually start with that but maybe I'd, I'd like to start this one just what's what's going on with you guys's like day-to-day uh these days and and what what are you up to now who's starting <laughs> <laughs> who asks <laughs> so let's, let's well yeah. i can take it away um well, it's obviously a little bit different. Everything is a little bit different this year. Um, we would be on tour. Would probably be on tour right now. Actually, there was nothing planned for this time. But um, in fact, there was something planned for next month for uh, for February. But last year, everything turned out a little differently or a lot of differently, I guess. Um, so really um, kind of, you know, doing whatever else, doing hunkering down, uh, waiting for, for the light to come back and, uh, you know, working on some music of course mm-hmm. but yeah pretty much probably probably sounds very familiar to everybody else i would say yeah <laughs> what were you up to you you moved to la and were you were doing live sound out here yeah i was um yeah i was up, up until the pandemic pretty much um uh, i was doing live sound before in germany as well so it's not a, not a career change just a location change mm-hmm. but yeah i moved here in uh 2017 beginning of 2017 is there a specific venues that you're working for or is it just independent? I'm independent. just a contractor. Yeah. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Very cool. They're working everything from like festivals, corporate events. Special. Is there any, is there any plans? And um, cause I know Europe's a little different than America as far as they're already planning festivals and stuff like that. Do you guys have any plans for this coming year? That's like a loose, a loosely based festival plan. We are trying to hold off pretty much until uh, there's more clarity, but yeah. um, I, I see it still the, the summer. I'm not sure if I see that happening yet. Um, yeah. Later in the year, maybe, but that's my personal point of view. I'm not sure. Definitely. I guess we're kind of waiting for, because we lost so much money on, on the failed tours of last year, mm-hmm. having the US visas, going through all the hassle, paying a lot of money down and then not getting anything in return. Um, so now we're a little bit more hesitant, just waiting. Kanye, other how other you know endeavors might play out so if we see okay touring is picking up and this actually has a real chance of of happening i think then that's when we're gonna yeah because you and josh are gonna have to play pay for tickets right you have to plan all the travel and all stuff yeah Yeah. to to bring the field sanity together into one place is always you're already down a couple grand at least yeah yeah and you know all the other expenses and that's why we're a little bit um you know just kind of waiting it out very cool what was your real quick? What was your uh, um, biggest memory of moving to the states and how different it was from Germany? Oh wow! Um, well, it's that's a long process because um, I've been to the states a lot, of course, before I even ever thought about moving here. So my my cultural shock moment was already years before I moved that I mm. understood. Oh, this is how things run here, or you know, wow, this is. You know, at first things are different. You don't understand and you may think like, no, this is wrong. You know, and why are they doing it all wrong? And then, you know, after some time, especially when living here and I said, okay, well, you know, there's just different ways of how how things could work. And, um, and it broadens your horizon to, you know, okay, this, this, this is done this way here. And this is done that way there. But there was definitely a little bit of that uh, shock the first uh, few times over here, way before I moved. And then, when I moved, things were already like, I guess I was kind of accustomed to, um, to a lot of things already. 
Um, Human adaptation, dude. Everybody, you get enough exposure to it, you'll eventually be able to adapt to it if you want to, right? Pretty much, yeah. And I mean, I was I was super stoked when I moved here, and I have I have very uh vivid memories of you know being on like my final flight after going back and forth so many times, and you know having literally nothing but a pack of like two suitcases on me. I sold everything else and just being on that flight and looking out the window approaching um shit i was actually flying to san francisco not i was i was gonna say la but it was san francisco and just you know seeing the pacific coast be like all right this is my home now that was very memorable yeah that's fucking cool shit dude yeah we're glad to claim you here (laughs) as a a musician and and yeah so property of california What about you, Josh? You've been doing, are you still keeping up with your sound uh, engineering and production? Yeah, so it's been, I mean, since all this happened, it's been very sporadic. And I mean, we, me coming from a place where as, you know, when COVID really first hit and like really like took its toll, we were on tour. So me and, J- and Jacob can relate to this. We had already kind of like blocked our schedules out for like a month, month and a half because we were going to be on the road. And then Basically, we came home and had nothing. We had nothing on the table, you know. So, um, and yeah, I mean, understandably, musicians these days don't really have much in the way of a budget. So, you know, there's not as many. There's not as many people seeking out um, third party like mixing and mastering, which is primarily what I do these days. Um, so it's been a little rough, but it's starting to pick back up. I'm starting to get more inquiries, so I'm just hoping for the best <laughs> moving forward. You know, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And Lily, you've been keeping busy with the new uh, online lesson platform and other content. Do you want to talk about that while I pull up the page? Yeah, cool. Yeah. I mean, um, it's, uh, it's not been a big, um, too big of a loss for me because I keep like the, the schools I normally go to. Um, um, I basically just teach those students um, online. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, what you see right there is uh, my Patreon uh, page. And I started to basically talk about uh, my thought process of like, um, yeah, constructing the songs and like on the, on the guitar because I uh, play guitar as well. And also talking about all kinds of blast beats and fills and all that stuff. So yeah, I've, um, kind of started I thought I, I should uh, try that stuff and um, uh, anybody who's interested is definitely uh, welcome to join um, yeah and it's uh, yeah it's been fun you know that's awesome but, yeah it's super cool yeah it's a, it's hippie basically um, they're like not so much like lessons for beginners or something, but there's like, they're actually going like there for people that are really interested in how the defeated sanity music works, you know? So that's why I called it a calculated barbarity because it's, uh, it's, it's that's clearly exactly defeated what defeated sanity, sanity is. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. That's what it's about. Can't yeah. my true felt blast. Oh, Dude, I really need to pay just for that one. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So maybe we'll scrape together for you, dude. <laughs> Should we all pitch in on a band account? To yeah. Um, no, but seriously, I, I'm I'm really planning on on. I'm just trying to figure out which tier because I do guitar and drums also. So I'm like trying yeah. to figure out if I should chill out for both but uh I, i'm i'm gonna be on there um it's, it looks yeah. really exciting so awesome. yeah cool yeah so um yeah that's that's one thing i've started uh um my friend paul mcguire he turned me on to that like he basically forced me to do it like you got you have to change something you have to do something with your talents blah blah, blah. because uh mostly i i teach like uh kids you know like uh um I don't know. I, that's, it's a lot of uh, twinkle, twinkle, little star for me. You know, <laughs> yeah. that's my, that's Do you see, is there any things. children while you're doing twinkle, twinkle, little star that you're like, you know, that kid's got it on point, dude. <laughs> He's got twinkle, twinkle, little star within a half a beat all the way through, dude. Of course, of course. It starts <laughs> like that, you know, it's, uh, you gotta, I mean, they gotta read uh, sheet music and like, Everybody can like, if you, if you see wh how that is, it's like, you know, on guitar, you have to do two things at the same time. You have to thread the right thing. Then at the same time, you got to hit the right string. And then at the same time, your eyes are like uh, with the sheet, you know? So it's like, it's like three things at the same time. So everybody who nails uh, twinkle twinkle little star at like age <laughs> six or seven has got my respect awesome. and i'm like i i get into it i'm like uh it's um it's awesome you know planting a you seed get... yeah it's like you're, you're yeah. watching a little seedling sprout you know yeah and some of them turn into i i had it happen that like some people turn into metalheads you know yeah right oh, yeah yeah have yeah. you had students from uh, the past who have now like grown up and become like musicians themselves, like either amateur or professional? Yeah, like, um, I mean, I, I had a lot of students where they came to me when they were already like metal people. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I don't know. I, I like to think I helped them a fair bit, you know? Like, <laughs> Uh, some people from Berlin, some people internationally, and but yeah, I I I can, I can remember one time I had this kid like uh, he started uh, playing with me uh, when he was like eight years old, and we started with uh, Green Day and uh, Nirvana or or uh, I don't know Rammstein whatever, and then um, at the end. Um, like I remember playing Malevolent Creation, uh, Living in Fear with him. That's a crazy fast blast song and uh, Monstrosity's uh, Shapeless Domination. So I would I would play guitar and they would play drums. So they would get into the the jamming thing. Then um, yeah, and then later uh, we uh, flat out. I was like, hey, uh, I've got this defeated thing in seven eight you got to figure it out. How do you play to this? And so, so I get basically got help from my students to construct um, grooves. So I do that with my um, advanced students. So it's like almost a, like I, I get, a, get a little something out of these lessons too. Like, uh, can I ask a question? Did you go yeah. straight from uh, 
Nirvana to defeat it or did you go over <laughs> there and Megadeth and Actually, funny that uh, I remember with this guy, he's called Till. I remember Jacob. We, uh, I know we Till, yeah. yeah, Till is he's he's great. Um, and um, I think th that's another Kelly uh, thing. We started like because like then he wanted to play faster, you know. After we played Green Day or whatever, then I we played um, a strung out piece. What what is it called? A uh, gearbox. So it's like almost slayer tempo so mm -hmm. we started playing some like california kind of punk rock stuff and then it went into the straight that. to defeat it after that yeah <laughs> yes that's rad well um casey and lily you guys are both uh music educators music teachers um but also both kind of like guitar and drum masterminds of of your associated bands so like casey's the drummer of odious mortem but behind the scenes has been writing a lot of the guitar parts the whole way and so has lily uh for defeated right you've composed most of uh just the guitar as well as your drum drum parts so you guys are both like huge inspirations to me for just having that entire musical vocabulary available to you and being able to compose and I think that's like maybe a little more unique about death metal is that I know with other genres like jazz you know like everyone should know and does know how to play piano a bit so piano is kind of like the main instrument yeah. but in metal it seems like and, and I know with now with with defeated like Josh you play guitar too um so it seems like you guys aren't just like um uh you know you guys are more utility players and, and composers and able to to write on, on every instrument. And so I, I just wanted to acknowledge that as a huge influence on me that you're, you're all able to uh, awesome, construct man. an entire and, and be a composer, yeah. Yeah, if, if you wanna see something inspiring, there's a video of Chick Corea fucking swinging the hell out of a drum kit. I don't know if you guys okay. have seen that. I've never He's, seen Chick Corea uh, on a drum kit. No, that's why I was like, whoa, dude. I've seen really? Stevie Wonder, but not Chick. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Maybe I was young and dumb when I saw it. and was like, wow. But I, I, I think it was pretty fucking amazing. What is like, uh, like I, 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 I thought I could not do that. I couldn't swing like that. Yeah. So there was a quick incarnation of odious with uh lee smith from a stratosphere on drums and casey on guitar and we had a few jams like that that were pretty nice. interesting hmm. and uh casey definitely fucking just was like oh yeah dude now i'm the guitar player yeah it's chill <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah literally odious could just be casey if it wanted it to be <laughs> <laughs> yeah you heard him gurgle on the first album he can gurgle yeah <laughs> Gotta gurgle. Why I better not teach the law to play the bass, or else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say real quick when you're talking about like uh, the students and stuff. Like, I was working at a place when I moved back down here from the Bay, uh, like in 2015, and uh, I worked at the school like for a couple years, and uh, it's kind of like a school of rock type thing, but it wasn't school of rock. But uh, there was yeah. a, a kid there that was a really good drummer, dude. This, this kid Kean, and. Uh, he was just like this, you know, teenager kid who just looked like a normal kid. And like, they're they, they playing like all kinds of punk and stuff in their band. So I didn't know that he was like into metal or anything like that. And then um, I 
stopped working there and then started my own place uh, like after two years. And then he like hit me up and he's like, dude, I'm playing in this death metal band now. And I'm like playing shows at Brick by Brick and all this. And he's like, I didn't even know that you played in Decrep, but he like found out later, you know? Cause I, yeah. you know, short hair at the time. And I was just, he didn't know who I was and he didn't care, but he was just like, obs- now he's totally in like you know, every, like I like, I follow him on Instagram. He's just long hair with Nile shirts on and all this. It's so funny, <laughs> yeah. you know? So that's, that's the, yeah, dude. And, and they play all the time. I forgot the name of his band. Um, I was trying to find it, but uh, he, uh, that's, that's so, so cool to see, dude. You know, like he's just yeah, totally. Yeah, that, now. that is cool. Yeah. So. It's rewarding. Yeah. Yeah, so. so Joseph, I don't know where you wanted to go with it from here, but I mean, I know that he, you guys, Lily just did an interview recently and kind of like laid out the story, but I think that there should be some kind of abridged version for the people who are going to listen to this that haven't heard that interview. Yeah. And, and just for myself too, because I'm super interested in your relationship with your father and how that started and where your father, what your father was doing before you were even born and all that stuff. It's just so fascinating to me to yeah. to i just i'd love to hear just like somewhat abridged version of how that all happened you know like where did your dad start and and just get us through kind of quick i know we got a lot of people i mean i'm not trying to hurry you up with that i'm just saying like that from break for everybody else you know <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i just um, I, dude I, I love that story and i just want to hear like like a little bit about it you know okay so um yeah, it's basically, um, we were living in like a village, like, um, and um, even like the closest town was like, to- totally like, I think maybe you'd find like 50 people that know what uh, Slayer is or something. It, it seemed to me like that. So like, I um, I started playing drums and guitars um, from, from my sixth year on just like being inspired by seeing like all the all my dad's friends and my dad and you know they they were all musicians and um so yeah they were in this thing like um it's like uh, they call it crowd rock kind of i crowd guess that would be the, the the sound like progressive um jazz fusion kind of thing you know and um yeah they were all like all the the friends of my dad were basically like uh, um, musicians in that scene, kind of. So I, I I got a lot of influence from that. So um, yeah. So when when I started picking up the the instrument was it was of course because of uh, Metallica, Megadeth, Iron Maiden, you know, Testament, Overkill, and all that. And um, yeah, he. I had not no one to play with, but um, yeah, my like my dad was mastered all these instruments as well. So we would uh, just jam. And then, so was it was he interested in that music as well, or did you bring it to him and be like, hey, let's try and get into this stuff? No, he was he was uh, it was everything was hundred percent sincere. Like. Um, no, I mean, I mean, I'm saying like when you came to him with like the Megadeth and the Metallica, he already was jamming that too. No, no, he didn't know that before. Okay. okay. He was he was into Mahavishnu Orchestra. Yeah, and yeah. Sick Korea, um, Free Cream, uh, Led Zeppelin, uh, Black Sabbath, maybe. Um, he, he they didn't 
uh, like 80s metal at all like mm -hmm. like like glam that kind of like so that turned him off a lot but then now uh, with metallica and megadeth uh he was oh this this good stuff you know mm -hmm. and um then with death metal it was even he thought it was even better because it, it's just like the the absence of the pop thing there just the the abstruse nature and like the artistic nature of like uh, tomb of the mutilated or something you know it really really took him in and he was like he became a hardcore fan he really knew how to write that and so uh, cool dude love that yeah so yeah <laughs> so then he That's just big. became then he slowly was like so you you basically were like I want to play this. And your dad was like, okay, we'll start playing in this style. Is that kind of how it started? Or you guys just got together at that point and decided to start something. Dude, I've, I've been jamming the tapes uh, recently because I got a tape, a uh, little tape deck from a friend who doesn't need it anymore. And I started jamming the tapes from like 92 to, I don't know when, like, and I, I think we recorded on a Tascam six track on, on cassette tape. Um, we recorded, I want to say up to 300 songs. Mm. And um, so I would play some of his songs and he would play some of my songs. Um, and it was, that, it was like everything there was like, yeah. That four track, by the way, was still around and very actively used when I joined the band. Just uh, <laughs> nice, 2005. Yeah. Hey, it's a I legendary four track. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I want it back. I don't know. I just like recording like that. Yeah, but anyways, there was like uh there was like stuff like Anathema, my dying bride, or like that kind of style. We tried everything. I tried like black metal, then I had like a, a kind of hardcore project one time. And um and then it turned more and more death metal, basically, because, uh, yeah, I just mentioned it, Tomb of the Mutilated, you know, that that was just, to me, that's the most artistic, like, just the vibe on that album. It's just so, uh, there's, there, there's just no fucking around, you know, it's just no, no signs of um, cheesiness or anything. It's just, it's just crazy and abstruse, kind of, you know, so... So uh, I was going to ask you real quick. This is my last question before I'll give it back to Joseph. Uh, coming home from school, would it, would it be jamming right after school or would it be homework first? You got it. Jamming first. It's, <laughs> it has, the reason is um, there were people living under us and they were cool enough to, you know, have me play drums. They probably heard every bit of that. So uh, it was, I had a window of, two hours after school. So it was literally put away your stuff, go play drums for two hours. So fucking cool, dude. That's awesome, man. I'd be excited as fuck to get home from work, dude. <laughs> <Play> school. <laughs> you know, like, I don't give a shit, dude. I'm going to go jam with my dad. We're going to fucking get brutal. You know? Yeah. yeah, basically. Basically. Hell yeah, dude. So Jacob, um, what was, what were you doing? Or, you know what? Why am I? Why? I'm taking over again. No, it's all good, dude. Sorry, <laughs> I was just gonna say, like, so fucking singing. You're, you're. Were, did you have any bands before Defeated? Yes, I did. Um, 
I mean, you wouldn't know him, I would suppose. It's I still want to hear local, about it, though. <laughs> local bands. Um, so I, uh, I was, uh, I was like 17 when I met Lola, and he actually, I think. I think he came out to one of my sh- to a show of one of my bands. I think that's what happened. And he wore and he wore a decrepit birth T-shirt, and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> wow. that's my guy." There you go. <laughs> so, so it was basically like a local band. We had a we had a decent following. We were called Chaosphere back then, and then later on, uh, renamed, rebranded ourselves into Cerebric Turmoil, and. Um, didn't last very long uh anyway we had we had a decent following and uh, locally in berlin and uh was kind of technical death metal a little bit a little bit core-ish influence here and there i'm not gonna lie um but you know it was very much like we were very much influenced by kali death like the current birth but also necrophages at the time and um brutal death of course um cephalic carnage like the weird kind of stuff Psyopus, we we liked a lot so uh so that kind of shit and uh lilla came out to a show and um yeah <laughs> started the conversation about me potentially joining the band and i was still in school back then so i was like i don't know if i can like do touring or anything. so so i said you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna be a recording member first i can't do live yet yeah. and, and that's what happened so i was i was recording um a promo uh that year and then um didn't join for for live shows until after i was done with school like a year later year and a half later and and psalms was the first album that you recorded with them that was the first full length yeah cryptic and psalms came out the same year i remember that being and actually the newest one in our in synesthesia same year so it's like defeated and odious kind of get i I see that in the same conversations because we keep well you guys released a lot more in our our big window of doing nothing but (laughs) (laughs) at least we got cryptic and synesthesia together so yeah so when did you start actually becoming a live member, Jacob? Um, I think it was about a year later in 2006. Um, if I remember correctly, and Lila may correct me if I'm wrong here, I think my first show was supporting Black Dahlia Murder in oh, wow. Berlin in the in the Lido. Oh, not Lido, Cato. Uh, was that? Yeah, that, that might be right, yeah. I think it was my first show because I have a memory that... Um, we somehow had a few minutes left on the clock and a uh, sound engineer was like, all right, you got time for one more, but we played all the songs that I knew. So I actually had to leave stage so that they can play one more song without me. That's yeah. who I was. Yeah. And that, that was my first show. So that was like March, 2006 or something. And then we had a few bigger ones that year, like obscene extreme was my first real big show with uh, defeated. Almost oh, yeah. hands there. <laughs> you could have pulled a move like I pulled at uh, one of these outdoor festivals in Germany, where um, getting chanted, you know, go one more song. We had we had a suffocation cover, but I already wow. un- unplugged my bass. Yeah, I, I didn't know that I, I totally forgot I was unplugged. And, and dying fetus is in the back, like you got to go out and do one more. And we're like, oh well, dying fetus is telling us to do it, so we're gonna go do it. <laughs> and I went out there and I was just like playing, like I can't hear myself at all. And I look back and I just see my fucking cables hanging from my, my amp. <laughs> And I'm like, I'm just going to keep playing. Yeah. I don't want to like run back. So I just. At that point, you just got to mime it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I had like all like Kronos was all sitting there watching me like right in the front too. And I'm like one of my favorite bands. I'm like, fuck, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> was that the show that I played? Like, is it 2008? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, think, yeah, yeah. I think I met you that day, Lily. I think. Yeah. That's yeah. when we met. Ah, like, yeah. very together. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. We like walked what, it to you. We were like on the field or what something. What show was that? That was, I forget what that was called. Death, Death Feast. Death Feast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Feast. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. That's right. 
with like Gorod, Kronos, Cryptopsy. Yeah, that was a cool, that was a great, great show. But yeah, anyways, you got to fake it till you make it. You know what I mean? I, I know that um, Jacoby's had the same thing too with, um, he got really drunk and forgot to plug in. <laughs> Just fucking <laughs> started playing. I remember Eric telling me about that. But uh, it happens, man. You know, you should have just done that for the last song. Just like mimed it, you know, it's like. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I should have done that. I don't know. I think it was Butchered Identity. That was the last song that I didn't know yet then. Because yeah. that was the last song I learned off of Psalms uh, before we hit the studio. And uh, yeah, I remember I was actually down in the crowd, like rocking out to, to Butcher. It. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Yep. Yeah. Um. I want to I wanna try to look into this, the connection with you guys a little more, because I know I'm looking for it now. There's a picture, a Decrepit Birth band photo where Casey's wearing a Defeated Sanity shirt. And we were trying to think, if it's Lily, you sent a, a Defeated Sanity shirt out to Casey at some point. Um, oh, it, well, we, we freaked the fuck out on Prelude, dude. Yeah, Prelude we were so Prelude. down. We freaked the fuck out on yeah. that album. We listened to it a lot. <laughs> yeah, David, I, Casey, we we would. I mean, that would be like the soundtrack driving to practice. Yeah, but I'd be in David's car and we would listen to to fucking Prelude, and we would just be like, dude, try and listen to this riff, and I'm trying, I'm trying to follow it, and I just fucking can't. You know, <laughs> I, I'm I'm like it's discombobulating that's what it was it would it, it, it would it would like confuse us and then we'd go play our music and be like this isn't as confusing <laughs> even though it's like technical as fuck but it's like this isn't a, there's confusion in odst but i'm just saying like what that like the riffs on prelude did to me were i was just like i was in i was being introduced to a new style i felt like when i was listening to that album it was taking mm -hmm. the crazy fusion aspects of jazz and incorporating it into brutal death metal and i'm just like what the fuck is i i i know that like cynic was was you know incorporating progressive and jazz and stuff like that but like taking mm -hmm. it and injecting it into brutal death metal was something that i had never heard and we were already into that kind of music like mahavishnu orchestra and all that you know yeah all that kind of prog stuff for years and so we, we when we heard you guys we were just like oh these guys know what's up <laughs> like uh -huh. yeah, yeah i'd never heard like brutal death metal and those those aspects of like you know mahavishnu and others other bands like being fused together you know it was like mm -hmm. super like like cynic was like but i mean taking brutal death metal and putting that in the mix is just what was throwing me off so hard you know yeah but in yeah, a good but, way yeah i know see but i i think um i i guess that's where california comes in a little bit because i think or like i guess for me suffocation you know when you when you hear these long like these fucking endless riffs with notes yeah. and i think i'm i'm thinking like about like classic and classical and i think about jazz so i know it, it started developing at that point i think and then um for me uh deeds of flesh was just like they took it to another level with the Frankenstein kind of riffs that never end and then they loop like Deeds of Flesh is always looping like really long intervals of bits and pieces you know so um, I think a lot came from that and um, obviously uh, uh, yeah the like 
a little later, I got to uh, know Discourage, and um, to me, uh, they they just stepped it up, uh, and it became hugely influential. Uh, um, for me, the, those two bands are like, uh, to me, the epitome why why there's something exists something like a California death metal, I guess, and. And, uh, we agree, dude. We definitely agree. Yeah, those yeah. are our fucking godfathers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can hear it. Uh, can you guys all maybe like say a little bit about? Um, I, I especially like framing it with deeds of flesh and disgorge being the two pillars because they both are part of this California death metal sound, but they are very different. And disgorge is more free and and uh, you know less clicky and and a lot more kind of almost grindy mm -hmm. uh deeds of flesh is like almost as on the grid not in a you know computer sense but like uh in a musical sense as you can get in death metal and everything is laid out almost perfectly mike hamilton obviously um yeah and so i'm wondering how you were able to like pick from both of those quite different styles uh, you know drums and riffs and everything and 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 how did you decide to bring those different aspects together um it's i don't know it's just like it's not even just these two bands it's just there's just so much more stuff going on like for example i would say early immolation is like the opposite of what you said with deeds of flesh with on the grid but like so they would good. right because they like they would change the tempo with in a way where you basically you can't even put that into guitar pro yeah so i guess uh, we took all these aspects I was going to say Disgorge also um, made an evolution a little bit. If you think Cranial Impalement, that was like just like a brutal jam session, basically. Yeah. 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 So, sure. yeah. so that there's also a range there. That's true. Um, yeah. And, and also comparing those bands in terms of like production, like if you listen to. Uh, is it trading pieces? Is that the the no gradually mm -hmm. melted the first demo mm, of deeds and it's like shit, very man. very clear and then you listen to the ninety five demo and it's as like dirty as a listenable product can be. Um, huh. It's funny that they came out the same year and had the, that different sound starting out. Um, oh, you're talking about the the ninety five disgorge demo? Yeah, the cranial impalement. Yeah, one, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. But that yeah. kind of just fits the characteristics of what you were just saying, you know, like more free and open and like raw-ish and then Deeds is more calculated and executed and clear clarity style. Yeah. But that gradually melted shit. It's it's got that dirty it's got that dirty aspect of it too. And 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 fuck. That gradually That's from melted. From the playing, yeah. Yeah. And the riffs and everything, yeah. I love that that's a bit scener. That that style is something that that I think is like lost with with um, the increasing of tempo throughout the years and 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 how like the punishing aspects of a slower uh, bomb blast to me like a slow bomb blast actually hits me harder than a faster bomb blast because you're actually feeling the feet with it you know. Yeah. Yeah. It becomes less vibration and more actual percussive like punches. Yeah. You know, there's a certain speed at which everything becomes one note. And that's when uh, brutality inverses, in my mm -hmm. own opinion. 
Yeah, it definitely. I agree with that, dude. I think that's what the same. Yeah, it's like the same wavelength that we're talking about. There's a there's a threshold that you pass to where you lose something. Yeah, you mean something else in a way too. Exactly. I was just gonna say that um, it's still a cool, um, it's still impressive to say the least, and an awesome uh, if used in the right way. But in terms of brutality, what you're saying, I think that the word brutality to me is somehow connected to that something slow and just unmerciful but like just fucking like a steamroller like a like a tank you know that's that like fits the word brutality the most totally yeah how about uh in terms of like vocal influence josh were you like most stoked on um like the the disgorge like ultra guttural early style or how how did you like grow up Um, listening to these bands and and pull them together it's funny i mean so when it comes to vocals, I mean, one of the first bands that I heard that that really introduced me to like really guttural vocals was Circle of Dead Children. Oh, really wow. random, like kind of like introduction into the underground, but Human Harvest, just, dude. Human Harvest was the shit. Yeah, that album, that album, absolutely. And um, somebody I can't remember who had mentioned like an album like bringing them to a place. I think it was you, Joseph. Like a certain album. You, you you remember like kind of like where you were when you heard it for the first time and you like always associate it with a place. I remember I saw that album at like a uh, a Newberry Comics at uh, the mall in Providence, Rhode Island, where I grew up. And I just saw that album and I was like, ooh, I can't read that logo. I'm going to buy this album. <laughs> yeah. um, and I, I put it in my little CD player in the cafeteria. And I remember just being like, like sitting in the little cafeteria of the mall and that first A Family Tree to Hang From comes on and I was just like, oh my god like gripping the sides of the table like what is happening right now <laughs> um, yeah, but vocally that was like i i didn't even i mean i had obviously like um cannibal corpse and all that came first of course like tomb of the mutilated and that was kind of what had brought me into that that kind of uh realm vocally but this was just something like totally different and then i started diving into the into disgorge and stuff like that is and, this teenage years, adolescence, or little yeah, bit later? I mean, I was, it, it's like preteen years. I was probably like twelve or thirteen. I was in middle, like early middle school. Yeah, coming out of elementary school, listening to wow. this stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, it's. I mean, vocally, yeah, I kind of like first was like really influenced by like the really gurgly, like deep, like guttural stuff. But um, as as time moved on, I started to more so, um, and. I've shaped my style along this route of like more aggressive, but still like very deep and incorporating a lot of guttural stuff. Um, Just because to me, like it's, it's much more exciting for me to like go through a show and actually be like pushing myself. And like, I don't know to me, like just sitting for a whole show and just going like, it's not as energetic as like really forceful, vocals you know what i mean so mm-hmm. i like to incorporate like a bunch of different styles into what i do um just to enhance the the delivery if that makes sense totally makes sense dude yeah yeah don't want to be a one trick pony yeah i mean it, it's it, and it comes to a point where i mean you know even even on the sanguinary impetus like i i had seen a couple of reviews where people were like oh the vocals are very monotone and i'm like I don't see it that way at all. I, I thought that for what the vocals are, there's actually quite a bit of variety, even though it's just sticks in the lower register. You know what I mean? Um, 
but there's always going to be those dudes saying that. that there's always going to be those guys exactly and not, and not everybody is going to hear to me it's it might be subtleties to some people but to me there's actually a lot of different vocal techniques and stuff employed throughout the album even though it might stay in the lower register of the voice you know um yeah totally I mean, dude no i i agree i agree it's a it's 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 hard to be a vocalist on top of all these crazy musicians right and then you yeah totally have yeah, your own little signature and then you're happy with it and then some fucking shitty kid from toledo ohio tells you you're fucking a piece of shit <laughs> and, <laughs> i mean at that point i guess i'm a piece of shit yeah <laughs> <laughs> i i think you really hit a sweet spot at, like have all the the older style vocal styles from defeated sanity are like appear in, in your in your own style on the new album you can hear that more aggressive aj style and some of the earlier stuff too um awesome. And the yeah, it's kind of what I was going for, and and kind of going for like the the semi um, intelligibility of lyrics. You know, I I wanted to actually, if you're looking at lyrics, I want you to actually like know there's friggin' lyrics. You know, and I think <laughs> we accomplished that pretty well on this album. Hell yeah, dude! And, and sorry, anybody from that, Toledo, yeah. I just realized I called out a whole state. I mean, a whole city. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Toledo, Toledo's dude. cool. We've yeah, actually been there, and we have fans yeah, there, kidding. so you guys are sick, dude. Where's I don't like that place. Ohio. <laughs> Never been there. But um, so um, can I can I ask um, you know, Lily, were you like um, listening to like consume the Forsaken and and uh, parallels and like Mark of the Legion and, and this stuff like as it was being released and you were like getting the CDs and stuff as they were coming out? Yeah, man. Um. I, I want to say maybe the, the craziest concert moment I maybe ever had was hearing the song Divine Suffering for the first time live. Mm -hmm. I didn't know shit before. I just, they just played that song live and then that last riff, it was like, ugh, yeah. <laughs> it was like, you know, it's like, I, I can't describe that feeling. It was, um, uh, that was, uh, uh, 2002 at, uh, fuck the commerce, uh, okay. in Germany. And, um, I don't know, man. I, uh, yeah, it, it, I, I think I was a little late on all that stuff. It was, um, I, for a short time, I was a little stuck in that, yeah, real death metal is a monstrosity and, and, and a malevolent creation and people that like with spikes and leather and stuff. And then um, I, I always saw the pictures of like, like the, the more, you know, like new school looking guys. And I was like, that's probably not good. Like I was like a hardcore fan and stuff like where people already look like rappers and stuff. So I liked that, but <laughs> I was like, I was like, in metal no that can't be and was, but then and it's i just knew a few bands and i thought they were a little goofy with the slam stuff you know that was my first like me uh band. first checking it out huh i said i know which band but go on yeah yeah <laughs> but anyways so um then at one point i was like i saw the discord she lay got it short and i'm like Whoa, but that's pretty badass, man. Like, that's pretty crazy. They gotta be like good. It. I gotta check it out. And it was like in the beginning of the internet days, my stepfather had like uh, internet and stuff. So I um, 
made like a, a day where I downloaded all that stuff I've heard about. And the first thing I uh, checked out was Sheila Got It. Um, just the song, Sheila Got It. Then Regurgitation, uh, some song from Tales of Necrophilia, uh, Devourment, Choking on Bile. And uh, I think Deprecated actually, mm. uh, real, Realization of Betrayal. And then I was like, oh my God, I need, I need to catch up on that stuff because that's actually the continuation of Gorgots and suffocation and uh, uh, monstrosity, immolation, incantation, cannibal corpse. You know, that was my stuff. And I think I got in a little late, but then basically I got to say the main driving factor why I got into it was uh, the song She Lay Got It. It blew me the fuck away, like right away. I was like, oh my God, so that's how that sounds like? I thought it was all gonna be like stupid, drum, 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 drum. like I didn't get it back then, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's so, a technical yeah. fucking song. I, you know, I play that with Diego uh, whenever yeah. we jam, and that one is one where I like don't always get through it. I'm always a little confused on on where it goes. Is that um, the 10, 11, 10, 14, 10, no, 11, it's, 10? It's not that song, but oh. <laughs> that that song is from Parallels. That song, yeah, the 10, 11, 10 song. I'm gonna but, fucking. Um, I'm gonna make sure I say that like every episode. <laughs> oh, by the way, speaking of you know what you asked, if Lila experienced those releases coming out as they were coming out. Yeah. Um, because I mentioned that uh, show earlier, we played uh, my first show with the Pia Sandy in Berlin. That day, I have a memory of us. Like, um, I don't know how we got a hold of it because uh, nobody had smartphones back then, but somehow. Uh, Discord released the Enthroned Abominations like preview single from Perils mm -hmm. either that day or like the day before or something. We like checked it out in the venue for the first time. We're like fucking blown away. I remember that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, man. Um, and then you hear all that really influenced Psalms of the Moribund and um, that like Discord style is is really coming out on that um but you guys did it like even more over the top than than anything that they had done and uh one of the things i love about about psalms um is that this is just kind of a more generic kind of note but like in a lot of death metal bands today you can tell that it's one guitarist tracking both parts and it's it's quantize and click in in psalms and everything you guys have done but especially there you can really hear the difference in the guitar playing between the two tracks yeah. mm -hmm. and i wanted to ask actually it's it's little it's uh sorry wolfgang and christian both on that album which uh do you know which side is which guitarist so there's this one that's a little bit more fizzy but like kind of uh, uh cleaner sounding mm -hmm. uh, that's christian and his cheap ibanez like like yeah. purple items. And so, the zoom, the do you zoom, remember uh, what? Like, do you remember what ear that comes through? Like if you're listening to the mix, do you remember what ear your dad is versus Christian? Right now, I can't. I, I Jacob, I, you I, know that. I couldn't. I couldn't tell which side it is really, but I know that if you. Um, Wolfgang has a little bit more of a sludgy kind of sound, like more palm muted even, and like I don't know, a little darker sounding. And yeah. But there, there are specific moments where Wolfgang is playing, for example, uh, in a Fatal, um, second track on the album. There's a little right before that, um, 
Slam. Dun, 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 dun. That's Wolfgang playing that. I th- uh, was it? Or that, is is Wolf- it- that is Wolfgang. Christian started playing it after Wolfgang left, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not sure right now either. I, I think I think that's just one example. There's other ones. For example, in Artifacts, that's Wolfgang's song. You can, well, he might have... No, that was still Christian on the other guitar. Never mind. On Fatal, I'm, I'm like 90% confident right now that that Phil, for example, that would be Wolfgang. Then you know where it is. <laughs> Okay. I think I think I think the first break in Prelude to the Tragedy. Oh yeah, that's also him. That's him. So if you can track if you can track that down, that's that's the. It's just it sounds a little bit more full, but also a little bit more dirty, mm-hmm. basically. So. Yeah, it's it's really rare that you hear albums like that anymore, where you can hear the the character the the style of the individual guitar players another one that i i do hear that though is when the deprecated re-recording of deriding came out and it's terrence hobbs and matt satello i can actually yeah. hear oh that's terrence and that's matt because they're pretty characteristics different styles so, um, and, yeah. the, and the production is much more clear and so the guitar differences come out more um yeah but this all goes back i mean i remember someone pointing this out like uh axel not axel fuck guns and roses um appetite for destruction how how slash would slide into the riff a little after izzy or something and, and that's when i first started to pay attention to that idea that you should have yeah. actual differences in the guitars yeah yeah bands don't do that mm-hmm. on purpose uh, they will just have one guy record everything for the tightness and just omit the little bit of character you know? dynamics yeah, yeah. I guess I don't know. I guess especially back then. I mean, now I'm I'm getting it a little bit more. Like I, I I I also love sloppy bands. Yeah. So like, um, for example, uh, Devon gag. molesting the yeah, bound and gagged yes. sick fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yes. There's a certain about, there's a certain style bound and every day. Bound and gagged. Yeah. <laughs> you just yeah I, I there's a certain there's certain bands that i definitely accept it and uh, embrace the slop you know yeah. that's one thing that as a younger death metal fan musician guy when i was in the early 20s it's like no popcorn no this no that. it's just like no actually dude i love the human sounding shit i love the shit from the early 90s where nobody could fucking edit anything yeah, and just got the best fucking yeah. take they could possibly get, dude. Well, so, so Phallic really has, Phallic Carnage really has a lot of that too. They'll they'll go from like super crazy, can't you don't know what the fuck's going on to like back, they'll catch you back on. And you, you know, notice like, the like, difference. You notice the difference when they change drummers too with Cephalic. Yeah, definitely, definitely. They, after they changed, after their original drummer left, it became a more uniform, like uh, organized project, but. It, it's everything before that that I love the most about Cephalic Carnage, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's, it's strange. I think, uh, I think we're all experiencing that. When we're young, uh, maybe it's just a, a human natural thing. When you're young, you're always striving to be like pushing the boundary and you don't accept uh, to, you know, have inaccuracies or whatever. And you just kind of, you know, have that tunnel vision on getting it perfect um being better or whatever and then you get old and you're like no actually i like that you can tell apart this guitarist from that guitarist or this drummer from that drummer you know so give me those little inaccuracies yep yeah yep. yeah i know as you get older you kind of like like i brought this up on previous podcasts where 
you know, you watch a band live and watching how they fuck up and recover is like something I love now. It's like one of my favorite things. It like, makes you love like them better. A, I know. <laughs> like how a like, sick recovery. You're like, oh, dude, yep. They're the it's like how they shit. break a string and how they come back from it or how they. Oh, drop dude, Eric Rutan. Quickest Rutan, string yeah. fucking switcher yeah. I've ever seen, dude. I know. He's, he's done he, it a couple times. He's, he switched his string and tuned up before the end of the song. He came yeah. back in during the song. Yeah. That's a <laughs> that gets like it's like a crowd i've seen a couple times with him where it gets like a crowd the crowd to go like yeah just because he changed the string right and it's like it brings like a new element of like fuck yeah especially when you're performing all the time and you know all the shit that can go wrong and you see people how they recover from it you see the people that flail and they and they're like ah he's fucking up like you know but people confidently handle it and recover as a as you know hitting the stage a bunch you that's like mad extra points extra points yeah well that also feeds into the fact that you know it's it, it reminds the fans that these are human beings on stage. Exactly. They're not machines, you know? Exactly. Even yep. if, like, an album today might sound like an absolute piece of perfection as far as uh, technicality goes, they're human beings on that stage, you know, and things happen. So, it's like, yeah, we, we toured with, uh, what's it called, with uh, Animals as Leaders. And, uh, yeah, they were, like, when, the, when the, one of their first tours, and they were opening for us at the time. And uh, they literally, <laughs> they would, yeah, they would, they would fucking train wreck. You know, like, like animal, like we got Tosin on guitar and you got Naveen on drums and they would just, they would train wreck and just be like, I'm like, all right, thank God they train wreck. That makes me feel so much better. Train wreck. Like they're so good, you know? Well, you know, not to go too far into that, but the train wreck is always blamed on the human. It's not necessarily blamed on the human. You know, you could have a really shitty sound guy that night to where nobody can hear anybody, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Your monitor is just, uh, somehow shutting off or whatever you know technical bullshit exactly yeah in a crucial moment you know that can throw you off too yep exactly fuck yeah so uh, on track. go for it Jas- joseph oh um maybe maybe i could start bringing in some of the fan questions um and and we'll just you know ask you guys what's been popping up from facebook and instagram and integrate that slowly probably the, the most questions we've got for any guests so far right yeah I mean, maybe deeds is probably creeping up pretty high in quest fan questions but yeah we got a lot for you guys um, well i think here's here's the best question for for you guys being on the, the cali death podcast is someone asked like how did you guys convince aj to do the chapters of repugnance album and so uh, if you guys are willing to talk about how how you guys got AJ and old? Um, I'm I'm super interested to hear that too. So. Hell yeah, that that would be Lilla because I remember I don't know exactly you somehow got a hold of him. So yeah, so um, like the the story you gotta know is like uh, I don't know, I between Christian, my dad and I at like I don't know we watched uh, the scourge in Ohio with AJ at one point and. Whoever knows that video knows what AJ brings to the table, you know. And um, I just remember uh, the phrase back then was the best death metal frontman of all time. So between the three of us, I like I don't know. It's it was just a thing, and we were like, that guy is just that's that's just crazy. It's just like that's kind of what we need or something. And then. Um, Funny enough, uh, Josh says he uh, uh, religiously watched that video as well, right? Oh yeah, it's classic. Yeah, classic video. Yeah. So, um, um, 
Yeah, we we uh, the link was of course as so many times uh, Derek Boyer, right? That's um, great. I was I was just thinking that it must have been Derek. Mm. Yeah. So um, I don't know. I got a hold of him uh, via email. Like, hey, do you like do you know what AJ is doing at the moment? Because we were looking for a vocalist, and um, Derek actually says like, I don't know. Derek and AJ are just like they seem to me. They're like a like. They're those. They're like a click of two or something. Like they're like, they have this mindset. Two peas in a pot. Yeah, they they have this mindset about music. M musical perfection is just really important to them. And um, I don't know. It's just I just felt like I'm I'm the same, just on a different part of the of the planet. You know. And um, he just said, hey, he would love your drumming. I'll, I'll blah, blah, blah. I'll put you two in contact or whatever. And then um, I don't know what I sent him. I think I sent him the promo 2007. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember he was like, yeah, this stuff is good, but I'll make it better. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, uh, I said, yeah, I believe that. I believe that. And um Uh, yeah, but I guess uh, basically he was into it. I think he liked just liked the intricacy and I I don't know when like again that that deprecated EP. You know, I, I saw like they were greeting um, their influences. You know, and it was like cynic emulation, suffocation, gorguts. You know, it's like it's the same. It looks like we have the same roots. You know, so. Um, I guess we, we just got along right away. And um, I mean, me also being a huge, huge deprecated fan too. And then, um, yeah, I guess it was kind of reciprocal or, or how you call it. Um, and um, yeah, I don't know. Then he, uh, then he came over. We had like, a, we had a week to, to get down the, The vocal patterns because most of the um lyrics i have already written he he added a few words here and there and um yeah the some of i would say most of the vocal patterns were already done and that was just basically uh aj and i in a room just i don't know working on that stuff it was uh was pretty amazing just like he came out of the airport Like I picked him up from the airport and um, and I'm like, okay, this guy wants to rest now probably it was like, and I was like, so um, where can I get a Red Bull? Let's start working right now. And we're like, yes, that's my kind of guy. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I remember um, back then when we had the room right above the rehearsal room. Yeah. Uh, we had the demos on, uh, I don't know, probably cassette tape back then from the Tascam and um We're going over them and he was like uh basically shaping perfecting his vocal lines and uh, i remember course we had like a few places to fill for like vocal lines so he filled them in and um yeah that was also um he basically he came over a week before we went into the studio so he didn't just come over to uh to practice but it was like okay we have one week time and then we got studio time booked and um Yeah, so we uh, really made that happen and then, then came out of the studio and went straight on stage and played everything live. 
Damn. Yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> Jesus. Crazy, but good time, definitely. Yeah. And and the album you made with him, Chapters, I mean, it's, you know, I, I remember like seeing it in stores and it had like the promo sticker on it, like <laughs> the most brutal album of all time or whatever. <laughs> and it's, it's like fucking true. And, um, and, and, and the style is, is a little different than, um, than Psalms. Like Psalms is a little more, I would say like just the way the album starts and like just throws you into like the jazz and then the, the blasts like almost right away. But chapters has that really long buildup and it's much more of a dramatic kind of statement with a, like a kind of a, a, a long intro beginning end sort of flow to it. Um, so I, I'm sure that was more on the musical side and I've heard, you know, I just listened to the, where you, you and Jacob talk about drum jamming drums and bass on that album a lot, just writing it and stuff. So that kind of helped shape it. Um, yeah. but yeah, just like, how did you guys like engineer that album and, and get that, like that guitar tone, that snare tone, like how did, and, and vocals into it? Like, how did you guys conceptualize um, that one? I, uh, so we, we had, uh, when AJ arrived, we were just done with tracking, um, drums, uh, guitar and bass. We did it all in an, in an studio, an old studio that I, uh, used to rent out in Berlin. So I was engineering it and, um, Wolfgang wasn't around anymore for that. So it was for the first time was all a Christian. And, um, I think he still used that, um, shit. Now I can't, was it still a little tri-metal? It was a tri-metal, yeah. yeah it so was on, a tri-metal pedal. On Psalms, he had the Zoom multi-effect, which I forgot what it's called. G, G, T, G, X. Me, me too, I forgot it too. What the heck? So it's like a, like a three-button uh, push or whatever. Um, yeah. And then uh, for that one, it was just a little solid state, just, just a little gain uh, distortion pedal um, that was really hard to find too. And it had some like dings and dongs and wasn't like sometimes the, the, the knobs would be like scratching, you know, once you had it all set, you couldn't touch it. And, but it, it delivered that sound like that just ultra scooped, uh, brutal death metal, like endless sustain kind of uh, yeah. sound. And that's what we recorded with that through a JCM, uh, nine, 2000 JCM, 2000. Yeah. Uh, amp. And, um, that's how we recorded, uh, the guitar. And then when AJ came, we were just done with that and we just had a few days to to get his vocals tracked yeah fucking wild dude i i, I don't think i could work under that pressure dude flying <laughs> to germany and then fucking bang out fucking vocals for a few days and then be like all right i'm out <laughs> yeah um, shows right after right oh you guys did shows yeah. after that too it so shows cool, yeah. yeah we well we we did one show with him and then a few more without him. Yeah. Well, that's a whole different story, but we, we <laughs> went straight to mountains of death, um, open air in Switzerland, which is an Epic festival it used to be not around anymore, unfortunately. And, uh, that was, um, not just the first show with him, but the first show playing all of chapters, uh, basically in, in one, in one go. And, um, it was pretty, pretty epic experience for us just to play with this new dude, all new songs and, uh, just, you know, kind of um kind of trying to 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 you know have the faith that we can do it without really you know having done it before and yeah. uh and then after that we we flew to the uk for a week-long uh little tour and uh that didn't end too well for aj because he got held at immigration and sent back to germany mm. <laughs> and um lilla um had to uh 
I think they got your headset, like, uh, you know, while you were drumming and you were doing oh God, yeah. muscles, uh, with the headset. Yeah. Uh, oh, shit, dude. Yeah. Jesus. Oh. I wanted to ask about that, too. Yeah. So, yeah. How'd you learn how to sing, Lily? <laughs> um, <ooh. laughs> I don't know. Everybody, everybody who listens to death metal tries it at least one time. And if you're not 100% super shitty, like Jacob, it's <laughs> <laughs> you... throwing one under the bus here. <laughs> Do one right now, Jacob. Try one right now. I can't. I'll ruin my voice. Really, I'll, my voice will hurt for three days if I'll do it. Okay. I'm not laughing at that. I'm just saying that, that that's funny that uh, to come across somebody who can't just do it and 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 be like, okay, I'm good. You're actually like saying that it'll be painful after. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have no technique whatsoever. Um, doesn't matter if it's grouting, singing, speaking, probably, you know, it's just, I mean, I the my voice. when I was that? a child, in fact, uh, when I was a child, I had like, they, they call them knots in your, um, uh, your voice, uh, chords for like, I, I don't know what I did wrong, but maybe I was just too loud screaming too much or whatever, but I actually went to like the, the voice doctor, like, I don't know what you call that here, like a throat doctor and he said well you know you screwed your uh, vocal cords up pretty fucking bad and that was at like age 11 or something Damn. and he literally subscribe uh, sub yeah subscribed me to prescribe me to um to like not speak for two weeks straight which of course i couldn't do Whoa. and to he to let it heal and i don't think it ever healed and it's just it's just fucked oh man what it, was it like polyps is that the name for what i, I wouldn't know. know what that was called in english okay. it was like he said it's like oh, not it and like callous and just i don't know that's probably what you're talking about i mean yeah joseph the polyp yeah you're i know what you're talking about the little growths yeah. or little yeah i've heard I about that shit I josh has probably got tons of them dude he's like dude i got a collection of polyps dude i got various <laughs> sizes it's like a shroom garden in there yeah <laughs> who knows how about, wow. how about josh starting on vocals like were you just like walking around just practicing them anytime you were like out of your distance from other people is that like how you do death vocals Me? Up? yeah i mean well nowadays because i mean i lived in new york city for uh probably like i think like six years um and that's when i first joined defeated sanity so it was actually hard for me to rehearse because i you know you always live in an apartment like where the your neighbor is literally like right on the other side of the other wall so i could i could never feasibly rehearse um at home so sometimes like i would end up rehearsing late at night at the studio i worked at at the time um when everybody else was gone i'd go in the vocal booth and like run through the defeated set that's how i prepped for tour mm -hmm. um otherwise me prepping for tour would be just like listening to the set religiously on every single commute to and from work um but as when i was younger it would be yeah like you know i get home from school and i would like put on like an album and just try to sound like all of my favorite vocalists and i would just try to like I would, I would try to imitate certain vocalists to see if I could, if my voice could do that or if I could teach my voice to do that. Um, and I guess that's just how my, that's how my palate formed over time. Totally, okay. dude. I, I remember myself, by, I, I was on a Radio Shack mic. I had this Sony fucking combo thing, five CD disc changer, double cassette player, mic in, headphone out and you can record and shit and i would record over like sepultura and fucking all this shit and and try and, and try and sound like max that's what i was trying to do i just would try and hot, right? out a fucking max growl or max scream as hard as i could dude and that was that was my practice there you go <laughs> my big ones were like tomb of the mutilated of course 
Um, yeah. Well, that's later down the road for sure. I'm just, I was just thinking yeah. about like the first times I actually like tried to think of try and be like a vocalist. You oh know? yeah, totally. And yeah, that's kind of where it started for me was, um, yeah, like Cannibal Corpse. Um, and then actually, I mean, you know, testament to the times. Like I grew up where like the the whole deathcore thing was like just starting, and there was actually good stuff happening. Um, like that first Whitechapel album. Lily will tell you. I still tell him. I think that album is great. Um. And uh, the vocals on that album, I was like blown away yeah. uh, at the time. And that was one of the ones where I was like, ooh, I got to try to learn how to do that. Um, so I would, uh, you know, try to, I would, I would rehearse along to that. Um, and then it would be like Dying Fetus and Circle of Dead Children, all that kind yeah. of stuff. Try to figure out how the hell they make these sounds and stuff and see if it's something I could feasibly do. That always cracked me up about Whitechapel because we did a, a like a 40 show tour with them a while back and fucking Phil, the singer's like fucking this tall. Yeah, he's like this little <laughs> tiny guy, and just goes up there and just goes like the most insane. Like I don't know, his voice is like one of my favorite growls still to this day. I think he has a great voice. That first album, or some of I, I still stand by it. They're insanely great vocals. Yeah, definitely. You could still do it. You just uh, the the style just changed, I guess. But like, I, I'm I'm almost certain he can still do that kind of stuff too. It's not like he lost it. Yeah, I'm sure what, he just wanted to save. Were you save in his voice? Josh, did you have anything like serious going before defeated? It, it, I, if that's an offensive question, I'm sorry. I didn't hear too <laughs> no, much on your past, dude. Um, um, yeah. But, yeah. Tell me, me what you were doing before this. So, I mean, I played in like local bands in, in high school and middle school, of course. That's how like, you know, the whole band thing started for me. Um, I played in like a deathcore band called Death Haven. Um, played at all the Battle of the Bands and like opened local shows and all that kind of stuff. Um and then when I was in, uh, I think I start. I actually started at the end of, uh, towards the end of high school at the time, I had a solo project called Autonomy, um, which was brutal death metal stuff that early on was influenced by like Putrid Pile. Um, and, uh, and then slowly moved into more of like the, the Cali influence of Disgorge and Defeated Sanity, of course, because, uh, you know, I was a big fan at the time as well. Um, and that's actually how uh, Lily and I ended up uh, getting in contact with each other initially was through that project because he actually liked some of the stuff. And I was like, really? Downloading your Bandcamp demo back then. Did yeah. you ever get that dollar from me? I, I probably <laughs> have not claimed that dollar yet. <laughs> no Bandcamp took it. <laughs> you know, when it hits the fan and i have no money i'm gonna open i'm gonna log back into my Bandcamp account and that'll be for the day just put it towards bitcoin or something <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah that was um that as far as like uh you know musical endeavors that had reached the public those were my uh my only forays autonomy was the one that kind of it also kind of helped me to like network and just meet people in the scene and stuff like that did you actually, step in for did you step in for any other bands during that time or anything no uh, no i um at least not live i had done maybe some guest vocal appearances um i can't i can't name any off the top of my head at the moment um but yeah i mean at the time that that also allowed me to just really dive into the scene because i would just trade my my uh my demos or promos i did an ep with uh savard records um, and I would just trade them with bands. I wasn't even looking for money out of any of it. I just wanted to like, you know, you know, here, Hey, here's my CD. I just put out like a couple of months ago, like send me yours. Like, and yeah. I would just, I just wanted to like meet people and become trade art. Yeah. At that point, you know? Um, and yeah. And then I met Lily through that and, 
you know, here we are. That's killer, dude. Yeah. I was I was expecting you to tell me some other bands that I should have fucking. I mean, not that I I'm, I'm I'm saying that those bands weren't bigger. I'm just saying like I thought that if you were pulled up for the new De- defeated sanity record, I was going to hear some other projects that that I should have been paying attention to. Oh no, I just came out of the woodwork. That's With fucking the, awesome. The raw gem. Pulled straight up to varsity, dude. Just fucking. It was basically, it was basically a um, typical YouTube guy situation because yeah, he, I saw totally. I saw him sing um, "Consumed by Repugnance" from the Chapters uh, album, and um, I actually remember AJ and I going like, "Whoa, this guy is—he's pretty much—he's like spot on." It's like. Um, I don't know. The first thing I, I recognized, like, like the voice is great. It's just what we what we need. But the most important thing for our band is you need to be rhythmically inclined. Um, so to to get all the uh, the time signature changes and and, and ju- just the rhythms and all the syncopated stuff and. Um, I don't know. Most people uh, just had uh, problems with that uh, that I've tried, and um, but with him, everything was it was right there. Like you don't even have to add anything. It's just like let's go on tour. Yeah, yeah. dude. Well, I remember awesome. our second correspondence in that regard was um, you had sent me. It was a raw. It was like a raw mix of an instrumental version of "Blissfully Exsanguinated" because you were like, this is like one of the more complex songs on the new album and if you can like nail the timing for this like that that is highly impressive so i sent it back to you and was like here you go and you were like yeah i'll hit you up if i need you someday and then it was like four years later (laughs) (laughs) got a tour and uh we could use a fill-in on vocals are you down and i was like yeah yeah Yeah. and then i'm not down or anything hell no So yeah, it's, uh, I, I guess then was um, uh, I gotta say something now to a friend of mine. Um, so then uh, Connie, their Pimmel, um, he couldn't go uh, and do a US tour, and I was like, so who should I ask? And I like, we were thinking about like with him together, and I was like, hey, check this guy out, and I was like, yeah, this guy, he he will do it, you know. But yeah, I didn't have anything else going He's on. Young, he'll do anything. <laughs> yeah. so he was I, okay with him doing it. So, as we mentioned just before taping, I was at your first show with uh, Defeated at the Colony in um, in Sacramento in 2015, and I was just talking about that show with another guy, Todd Tom, who's a friend of the the podcast, who was like, "Yeah, I was there," and I was like, "So was I," and um, we were both just like, "Yeah, Defeated killed it that night." And um, I just remembered, like, who's this new kid? Is he going to be good? And it was just better than Coney, for sure. Like, I liked Coney, but, like, I wanted a little bit of the older style. And you just brought it immediately, that first show. And we were all just, like, like, defeat is going to be good. Like, they're going to do good shit. It's going to be great. So, yeah. I appreciate it. I, I, I definitely shat my pants, like, a couple of times before that set. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, I bought this, I bought this shirt there. there. Yeah, so represent <laughs> yeah it was first a fun, show experience fun show. always just, yeah. yeah that was a good first show experience at least it wasn't like obscene extreme you know i was like we were basically in like a garage i know? was 
I was sweating bullets that show. That was my second with defeated, but you know, still, it was I was not well. <laughs> um, Damn. And it was three in the morning after no, like December and all that. That was the worst thing because I had to watch how this member were playing to like two, three thousand people. And of course we wasn't we wouldn't have that crowd, but it doesn't matter. You see that crowd. Like, like, all right, we're on like next after the next or something. I was just like, oh my yeah. fucking god, I don't know if I can do. <laughs> and of course, by the time we went on, the crowd was decimated to like a few hundred people, so that helped. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yep, that was Got my first fan big questions? festival too. That was my big first festival too. Oh, was obscene! My first yeah. open air festival. Um, yeah, I remember that. That's on my list. I really want to play it someday. It looks fun oh it's know. a party yeah yeah it looks like a you party to me man you, you will see naked people they yeah. will be right on the stage <laughs> with you naked <laughs> that's my 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 fondest i guess you could say memory my fondest memory <laughs> was like literally like i think it was maybe like three songs in and like just a naked dude just crawled on all fours across the front of the stage <laughs> they'll roll down the hill and everything with their their pecker out it's no problem yeah no they're, they're totally they're Everything is on the table. I mean, you got to think that's kind of the most metal thing of all, dude, to just say, fuck it. I'm just going to go naked. Everybody's representing bands. I'm representing my nipples, dude. Yeah. <laughs> In my yeah. M- miniature, no, my, my mediocre junk. That's it. That's all I'm representing, dude. <laughs> miniature. <laughs> went for miniature first. But I was, I was talking about him. I'm not, I, I, Almost was talking about myself. I got that. <laughs> no, certainly not yourself. Minister that made three children. What's up? <laughs> yeah, technology's really good with the doctors and shit now. <laughs> yeah, dude, they cost me about 75 grand, but dude, I got three children. <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, I guess we're kind of following a bit of a chronology here. So we're like, you know, talking about, you know, moving from chapters. You know, we obviously there's the passages era and then there's there's Josh joining. Maybe it's time I can raise this, you know, fan question on the songwriting process, which presumably has evolved. And you've talked about your songwriting process and in other interviews, but maybe we can focus on like what the current state of songwriting will be for Defeated for the, the newest album that you just did and, and anything looking forward. How, how does that go these days? Um. Yeah, um, the the album we kind of left out was Passages, which was, I think, the most collaborative album we've mm-hmm. ever done. And I uh, I loved that process. Like, uh, um, may I, I may I say that was also when we were an all German band. Again. All German band. So uh, we were all in the jam space together, and I uh, helped a lot with that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Josh, do you have any great. German? Uh... German uh, heritage or ancestry? I am am the least German human being, I guess you could say. I don't think I have any German blood in me. I was was just going to try and work you back into the mix. Oh, no, it's okay. I I accept my recess at this point. (laughs) Yeah, so anyways, that that, um, I I really enjoy writing like that. That to me is... uh, that's bliss. Actually, on, on, on passages, 
uh, is where AJ's influence was big too. Like it was, uh, he wrote parts of Martyrium, like um, two key riffs on that were from AJ and then he wrote the lyrics for Frenzy. Mm. So even him was playing into it and Connie was uh, giving his little bits and then Christian wrote a lot of stuff. Jacob wrote a lot of stuff. I wrote most of it as always. Um, but see that all that for the new album was uh, condensed into like two songs this time. So like basically like there were two songs where we actually did that where I'm like we were sitting like I, I made it a point to the band. Okay. We got the rest of the the album down. Let's tomorrow. Like we had like three days of rehearsal or something. We jammed the set like t twice uh, a day the day before and went through the other songs that were just like almost done or whatever. And then I said the third day, I want to listen to all the ideas and see if we can come up with something here. And then I, I just love these moments, you know. I. I uh, so, so Christian has this uh, this crazy riff here, or like Christian actually had like um, three riffs in that song, like also main riffs. And then Jacob um, added this one riff and then I'm the one that puts I'm it Talking about dribbling right now. Yeah, dribbling. Dribbling. Just because people don't know. Yeah. Yeah, we're talking about so, the new album at this point, right? Yeah. Yeah, we're talking about the new album, yes. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, with with this album, it was basically me being a death metal composer, basically, and um, there were like the composition kind of takes place on the guitar, so that's the big, big uh, beginning kind of, and then um, I guess I would make demos somehow. I I made demos uh, playing drums over it and. Um, that I would send to Jacob, and then we would talk about the the bass lines, which uh, sometimes uh, definitely also brings a, a change of structure, even. And mm -hmm. um, but yeah, mo mostly it's actually just like composition, you know. It's just like uh, was just basically my vision, you know. And um, then at the very end, uh, Josh and I uh, got together and talk about the topics we want to cover and uh, um, we got together over Facebook chat actually face uh, video chat and talked about the lyrics and how they would uh, form uh, uh, vocal patterns yeah we basically did that like I want to say like once or twice a week basically from the point of starting work on the vocals until we went into the studio every single week like one or two days a week for two, three hours, I would say. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, and we would we would basically write all, we wrote all the lyrics together on the, on the album and we would do a lot of the vocal parts there as well. We would, you know, collaboratively come up with vocal timings. You, you had a lot of preconceived uh, things for the vocals that just had to happen because it, the, the thing about the new album is that there's like, there's a lot of points at which where if if one element was missing like it's almost like some other things wouldn't make sense so there were it was almost like there were points where you know the vocal had to do something particular um 
to to kind of have its part. Yeah, um, like, like a uh, how do you say polyrhythmic element or yeah, exactly. point if if it has yeah. Yeah, often often it is that the the vocals actually hold down the beat, yep. while the guitars and drums um, create like some weird different dimension. And then it's like I remember uh, in Fido Digestion when when we all play like this dotted stuff, dan 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 dan. Yeah, like Josh would be the one that goes. Yeah. Everybody's dotted, and he's just straight. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. There's definitely a few moments on that album where we were, when we were in the studio, or I was just like, I do not understand what the fuck I'm supposed to do right here. (laughs) Message in a bottle riff. Yeah, the message in a bottle riff. Jacob can relate to like that. Yeah. Sometimes (laughs) Noah has ideas that he somehow links to something that makes perfect sense to him but doesn't necessarily translate to the outside world. <laughs> and, um, but he's insistent that it has to. And I'm just like, no, this doesn't work for me. Let me try it my own way. And then I'll figure it out somehow. I remember at rehearsal one time um, and we were running down some of the new songs and that, that message in a bottle riff came up and we were there for like three hours just trying to make sense of this one little section of that song. <laughs> Do you know what song Jesus. that riff is in? Yeah, it's from Imposed. It's um, the guitar uh, kind of plays it like, oh, yeah. and um, the reason why Lilla was insisting that we just have to think of message in a bottle is because it's syncopated. But yeah, it's, uh, it's that vocal line. Uh, how's uh, I hope that again? someone gets my. Yeah. yeah, I hope that someone gets my. And that was so funny because um, because Lilla was just like humming that um, police song over the riff, and it just didn't help whatsoever. Because <laughs> <laughs> the, the the problem with this particular part was not the syncopation, not to understand or see the syncopation, but just to like put all the different pieces together. For me personally. And so I was just like, no, you know, you're you're adding confusion right here. So let's let's not let's not involve the police song, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's still all the same starting points. So at the time, it was doing more harm than good, but it ended up. It's, <laughs> it makes sense. It, it, of course, it makes sense because it's all it's all syncopated. But at the time, it was also like they were just trying to like play this fucking crazy riff at the same time. And then that was just like, oh, my God, so much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely. But we got it. Yeah, what really was, sorry, um, didn't mean to interrupt. But um, to get back to the question, how the songwriting has changed, um, we should probably add that for the first time on this album, we actually tabbed out our songs. We did it with Domada, so yeah, we did it before. Not for a whole album, but um, not for anything like brutal stuff. But yeah, with Domada, we did it. But this time was like a you know truly defeated album where we actually kept track of the songs by writing it down into Guitar Pro and um, even recording with a click track in the end. That was all new to us. Yeah. That was has changed. And that was necessary because of the distance now yeah. between all the members to be able to exchange ideas and so that he can send me something and I can, you know, 
write my bass parts and send them back, you know, that would have been such a hassle doing it the old school way of, Hey, let me show you a riff and you know, you play it or you try stuff to it. That just didn't, doesn't really work. Um, over yeah. Or remember the thing I told you, like, um, how, like if you sent me an idea on guitar pro, it doesn't have as much weight as if you're like yeah. making promotion for you, like playing it and here you could play this and you know, you could yeah, jam you, it right away. Totally. It, the dynamic, just the energy of being in a jam space together, yeah. where you can convince somebody of this idea that you have that in guitar pro may not translate at all. But when you can actually convince somebody to like jam on it and be like, Hey, try to play this and see this is where the accent goes or something and then something evolves um, out of it so um that's something that unfortunately we were not able to do to the same extent this time there were those couple of songs that i was mentioning where we actually got the chance to be together in the room but for the most part it was uh this time was more of lilla making composition guitar wise and drum wise of course he does it in a bundle and then sending that stuff out to us and be like hey you know this is what I want to do. And then I, um, sometimes he has ideas for the bass and, uh, sometimes I have my freedom and, uh, same with the vocals for Josh with the vocal lines, what he mentioned. Um, and that's how it came together. Basically. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, Josh, did you contribute any like guitar ideas to this one? No, I didn't, uh, no real musical ideas I think came from me. Just some, uh, some parts vocally of course um we're both collaborative and then i probably threw I, it's hard to remember off the top of my head because it's such a mixed salad of insane fuckery yeah. um but um yeah no I, I didn't have i don't think i had any uh true musical input on uh on the album because most most of my input came like after all of that stuff was already written yeah for sure just it would be cool if you could play and sing at the same time and then you'd I mean, need anyone else it right? would never be possible it's just so <laughs> complex like the, the, it would just be such a mind fuck especially for this kind of material where like literally it's almost like we're in a different meter the guitar and the vocal you know it, I, I don't even i i would never be able to do it i yeah, don't have the sure. uh, i don't have the coordination to be able to play and sing at the same time we'll leave it up to sting and the police to do that yeah <laughs> keep that message in the bottle dude don't take it out <laughs> uh yeah dude cruising through these questions someone's curious on like what are the most difficult defeated sanity songs to play probably depends which instrument yeah so each of you maybe uh, i'm gonna give it a thought revise it for each one everyone call their own worst or hardest song to do i i would almost think that um as a general rule for me as a finger player the more it's about stamina of like playing straight 16th for like two minutes that's where i'm like struggling that's where i'm like i'm pushing and uh, i i um i i don't struggle so much with the fretboard stuff the fretboard stuff's all right for me but just being a finger player and playing those 16th on end it's just um yeah, that, that's where I'm struggling. I'm thinking of a, like anything, like for example, at the time, and that might have changed now, but at the time, Consumed by Repugnance, for example, was one of those songs that starts with just going on and on and on and on. That was where I was like, give me a fucking break. <laughs> it, it, now um, it's all like, like um, 
I guess like an athlete, you just have to run that marathon a few times and, and you got it down. But I remember at the time that was way harder to me than any like... Are you all four fingers? All four on? Um, I do. Usually I do 16th with two. Usually. If it gets too fast, I do 16th with three. But usually the third finger comes into play when I'm doing triplets and stuff. Sick. Oh, you mean you guys play to a? Do you guys play to a click at all? Are you just, just again? Do you play to a click track at all, or are you just um, straight? We did now for the first time on okay. this album. Uh, and on Damada we did it as well, but before that never. Yeah. But live still without a click. Yeah. On the I, new I without a click. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. No. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, I always noticed too when you got the when you got the nerves going, like as far as like your speed everything up. You got a big crowd watching you. <laughs> You know, it's like everything kind of gets sped up without a click. And then so I would notice too, like, but like versus playing in your house and warming up and playing the songs, you'd be playing live. And like, why am I cramping? Like all of a sudden, like in the first song, yeah. like my, my, my arms are giving yeah. out. And then you listen back, like, oh shit, we're going faster, way faster. <laughs> yeah, Joel always made us play too fast, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so that's it for me, really. That that um, 16th or 30 seconds or whatever we want to call it finger speed i i don't know on the new album what's the worst maybe arboriously because it's one of those fast ones that has really really same kind of concept just like a because it's 16th i want to play it with two fingers because it will just with three fingers you will have each finger sounds different and you'll have the uh you will have an emphasis on a different note each time and if you really want to have it brutal you got to like a one foot blast kind of thing. You got to play it with two fingers and that speed is just like, Oh my God, um, that's pushing, pushing my boundaries for sure. So on the new album, those moments are probably what's most challenging to me. I'm literally yeah. looking at my hand right now. Like, yeah, dude, the index and the middle could sound very similar, but that once that ring finger is yeah in play, I could tell that since it's a smaller tip and all that shit, that it would translate a different. Yeah. It will sound different for sure. You learn yeah. something new every day, dude. <laughs> um, how about how about Lele on drums? Do you write anything that's like particularly harder than anything else? Or um, I remember. Um, I think the most nervous I have been for a long time um, has been when we had to perform Dharma Tal Life. Because the thing is, the thing about Dharmata is not really speed, but it's like, or even complicated time signatures or something, but I want it to sound not nervous. You know, if you, if you play cryptopsy stuff, it's, it's cool if you sound nervous, but Dharmata is like, um, I don't know, I, I wanted to really get out the groove, the real, like, you know, the, the, the fusion kind of expert kind of groove and that groove is kind of contradicting what i've been doing for years and years and years you know <laughs> and it's like all of a sudden it's like you know you want to you want to basically i want to uh, be one big homage to uh, sean reiner you know and um it's that kind of drove me nuts uh, that and then on top of that of course the interplay with everybody and the one guy has to step on the clean channel at the say at the right point and then there's a lot of polyrhythmic thing going where every instrument is doing something else it's like that stuff really 
made me nervous, you know, and that's, that's not good when you want to sound not nervous, when you yeah. want to sound like Dennis Chambers or, yeah. you know, yep. it's, well, it's, when you're playing that style too, like, it's like, you feel like your mistakes are heard even more, you know, yeah. like if you, you're off and, and also like you were saying, it's like, I, like, I remember when I, I would get nervous and like get out there and playing fast kind of helped me to just get all that nerves out, you know? Yeah. You know, yeah. So it's funny what you're saying. And you can also imagine, yeah. I mean, for, for Lily, like the Darmada material, there, there's also the dynamic element to, mm-hmm. to the drums that isn't for there sure. in typical defeated right. material, yeah. you know, you know, it, a lot of like how, how hard you're playing and like what kind of feel you're putting into just the dynamics. That's like a whole other dimension that you usually don't even have to like, quite pay as much mind to. yeah 100 percent. and it's um that's another factor for 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 the dharmata tour we we did use a trigger on the bass drum uh because we don't trust just like random sound guys to make a natural bass drum sound that's worth like a shit so so for the metal parts that was okay but when you play like a supposed to play like a smooth uh, fusiony part and you hear <laughs> every time you hit the bass drum you know you get like ah it makes you you know it's, yeah uh, so um, uh, that was that 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 split i want to call it a split because it definitely is a split disposal of the dead and dharmata um <clears throat> that was a really exciting like surprise for me when that album came out because it touched on two of my favorite aspects of the early 90s you know that that raw, just straight in your face brutality, and then the Florida style, progressive influenced, you know, cynic style. Yeah. Which, by the way, cynic is like my favorite band, and I'll tell you that that is the closest homage I've heard that has come out of the metal scene since Focus. Like I've heard, I don't even know how to pronounce Vixius or whatever. They they've Vixivious. touched on it a lot. Vixivious, yeah. Yeah, they've touched on it really close, but oh, yeah. the feel that I got from that second half of that record took me right back to when I was first being introduced to the early '90s Florida scene. So, kudos, yeah. to the comfort. thanks, man. Yeah. The thing is, uh, and getting and getting the 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 de- the death growler from Cynic on the album yeah. too is just a fucking huge gigantic cherry on top of the Sunday, you know? Yeah. Max, Max was awesome. So Anthony, I saw you wear a watchtower t-shirt on one of the odious shots. Yeah. So dude. That Fuck homage, yeah, dude. homage is uh, like, basically I would call it rather a watchtower homage than a cynic homage, but like, yeah, since we, definitely, definitely in there with the vocals. Yeah. It- has leans towards the cynic and the fusiony stuff is more cynic, but the just straight up, straight up progressive, jazzy uh, licks and drum and bass interplay moments. There, yeah, we took yeah. the slice from what's for sure. That control and resistance feel, yeah, dude, yeah. definitely. I mean, that takes us back to. I mean, we haven't mentioned any keywords recently, so I'm going to the Thunderdome and Furniture Dome, Watchtower, <laughs> Spastic Ink, like all that shit just blew our minds back then, dude. And, yeah. and it's still with us today. And and when we when we see it in other bands, and and you can understand that they were going through that at the same time back then, and now it's showing in their music. It's just uh, you just want to. 
<laughs> you know, because you know that yeah. there's people in the world that are still hanging on to the, the, the true shit that you, you gathered along the way, you know, and these yeah. are still the, the, the acts and the artists that still stand out for us today. And you guys did a good job. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Such a small circle of people. It seems that really are passionate about like spastic ink. It was huge. When I first heard, it, I was like, huge. These guys must be fucking monsters. I mean, musically they are. They but are. You, you don't understand. I, I didn't understand until later that it's actually like very niche music that only a very few people really know about and appreciate. And, um, that also blows my mind because it's just so far out there. They should be like, you know, they should be like dream theater, you know, that's back in the, yeah. the day that yeah. was in my mind. They should. And, and to cool. our collective social groups, they are, you know, yeah. even bigger. Indeed. Than, yeah. You know? And uh, yeah, that's, it's super cool that, it, it, that we're grateful. I'm grateful enough to have enough people around me that were to experience it with me. And, and I give me that, that cushion of, yes, there are other people around here that are into the same stuff and we can fall in love with all the same shit together, you know? Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, dude. And Jars and Beck actually just released a song two days ago, a brand new song. It's I actually haven't good. checked yeah. it out yet. You guys are yeah, saying yeah. that I haven't checked it out. I want to sit awesome. in a quiet place and listen before I actually. Yeah, right. he's still oh, yeah. going. Very blotted. Yeah. yeah, it's good. Awesome. Oh, yeah. I get it. Yeah. On that, on that uh, Dharmada kick, like I saw you on that tour too. And um, I can relate to Lily, like your, your nervousness, not just in being able to play that style, but for that particular audience where you're in between like visceral disgorge at first who are like as slammy and like produced in a live context as it gets. And then after you is Arch Spire and Origin who are like the two fastest bands in the world in their own yeah. particular styles of drumming. So <laughs> yeah. not only did you have to play that, you had to play it for an audience of people who probably know Defeated much more from your, you know, traditional sound and who are also there to see like, you know, they're, they're speed freaks in a sense. And so you had to play for that audience and that probably also upped the nervousness factor. Yeah, see, um, originally that Dharmata tour was designed to um, be with um, Exist and Gorguts. Uh, like that would have we fit, supposed, dude. <laughs> yeah, much better. We yeah. were supposed to support Gorguts and Exist were gonna be with us, so um, Max could just uh, do the vocals for us and uh, do double duty, basically. So that's where that set really belonged. But um, see, we had like we had lots of. Um, heavy practicing behind us with uh, Tom uh, Gelschläger here from Berlin, yeah. the guitar, the second guitarist that joined us for that tour. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know, then we got the or uh, the, the Origin Archspire offer. And well, we first, were like- First you gotta explain that this tour got canceled. So the, the oh, Gorguts, yeah. Gorguts tour, um, we had to drop out. It actually didn't get canceled. They still went ahead with Exhibit, uh, uh, Exist, but- um, we had to drop out because we literally uh, got our U.S. visas um, like approved three days, three days, three days after the tour started. And then it would take another few days and then we would have gotten to go to the embassy. And it was, it was, yeah, wasted. So we had to drop out. Yeah. 
Okay, yeah, shit, I wouldn't have even mentioned that. Yeah, anyway, so um, instead, like, so all that work, I didn't want it to be for nothing, you know? So for that reason, I was like, whatever tool we're gonna get, we're gonna do Dharmata because that's like, we gotta do it. And like, it's, if we record an album and we re release an album, then I want to present it live. And that was basically the one tour that we did it. And it was definitely not, not the right tour to do that. <laughs> well, you, right say that you say that it's not the right tour and I, I can understand in a, in a overall umbrella sense, but then you got the dudes that are like me who go to those shows and the standout act is actually who made the impact on me that night. Like going, here we go. Another keyword, the pound, going to the pound and just the different uh, lineups that they would have and they would mix it on purpose. It wouldn't be the same type of band every single, every single set because yeah. that would get monotonous after a while. You know, you want to have different flavors in there and to have a band like that in the middle of what we were just talking about to me, yeah. that would, yeah. that would be the standout set for me. That sounds right. It's, it sounds right. And um, I gotta say, um, I totally enjoyed watching uh, Visceral Disgorge that tour because we were so brutal deprived and slam deprived. So they kind of represented that, what we normally bring to the table. So uh, that was kind of cool, you know. It, it, it was, a, it is a cool mix, you know. I mean, it but, sounds like a well-rounded all, you know, it's, it's got a little something for everybody on that, that bill, you know. I mean, going back to Cynic too. I mean, Cynic back in the day, right? They opened for Cannibal Corpse. It's the exact, like, exact same thing of being at yeah, yeah. Square. Yeah, very hard time doing so, if I remember. Yeah, yeah. I heard that but too. Yeah. My, my brother was there. He said that um, it was an interesting response from the people. There was people that knew about Cynic and were there for, you know, were stoked to see him. There's people like, what the fuck is this shit? Fucking Cannibal Corpse. Fuck you. You know, but that's super that. cool because that's like another layer of homage or tribute. Yeah doing you you're taking the risks that that sam band took or these bands yeah. took back yeah. then you know yeah it's That's all about taking risks dude it doesn't necessarily mean that the payoff's going to be what you're looking for but as an artist taking risks is a must or you're not going to fucking go anywhere yeah. you're not going to do anything and we, i'm sure we turned some heads on that tour that uh, we're not expecting either didn't know us or um or went for uh, one of the other bands, or went for us thinking we would play the brutal stuff, and then we uh, probably you know split their minds. Half the people were like, "What the fuck is that?" You know, I paid forty feet of sanity, and the other half, the people were like, "Holy shit!" You know, that's I, I got something different. That's even better. So, Con dude, yeah. controversy is the best, dude. Splitting yeah. a room actually could be to your benefit, dude. You yeah, know? we yeah. do. Yeah. Oh, that's no. no bad press. <laughs> yep. Well, like the Cynic 94 tour, right? With Cannibal? Yeah, that's what we were just talking about. No, how I missed it, yeah. That's all, <laughs> yeah, but I was, we were just comparing it. It's the same exact thing, you know? It's it's taking risks in the moment. Or not in the moment, but taking risks in a situation where yeah. you could you could totally coast by and have played Defeated Sanity's older material and it would have fit better maybe with that bill. But no, you, you guys stuck with it. You had pride in your newer material and you wanted to give it to the world, you know? Yeah, That's 100%. Yeah. Indeed. And can I just ask about the wood blocks, how you decided to incorporate that into the drumming on that album? 
Okay, so Jacob will laugh. Uh, I'm uh, Jacob and Josh. I'm technically I'm an absolute caveman, absolute idiot. So, <laughs> so, so the 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 original idea was another homage. Bring the fucking E, Tom's. Uh, you know. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, nah, that's not me. That's just not me. So. I wanted like an alien element because you would hear you know this this kind of stuff i i just love that about watchtower and uh cynic mm -hmm. and um uh so i was like hey i can do that acoustically let's just oh, take these wood blocks. i've always liked hitting on these wood blocks if you hit like rudiments it's really crisp and everything um the next thing should be probably pro probably uh those roto toms. I, I, I just like stuff like that. So, um, um, yeah, it's basically, I, I substituted that alien element with, with a acoustic version. That's basically it because I, I can't be bothered with more cables. <laughs> and like, if, if I wouldn't have had to trigger, I would like, I would just, it would just be me in my drum kit. It's funny because I was just saying if it has a wire, I was thinking if it has a wire on, it's not for you. You know, as long as it's <laughs> true analog, you know, you can deal with it. But as soon as there's cables involved, it's like, nah. <laughs> yeah, the trigger is like basically the the, the threshold at which it, it loses its enjoyment. Hey, I did play the samples. You yeah. did. You very much did. Yeah. True, yeah. And I didn't fuck up. I think I fucked up once where I played the wrong intro for like well also i set up everything for you and you just had to hit the button truth <laughs> 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 be told yeah but you did a good job Busted. Uh, pressing the button just just uh, a couple quick memories from that that show uh, in um the la area it was out in like um like Riverside County. I don't remember the exact city. Oh, was that the Indian restaurant? Yeah, the Indian you, restaurant. You were at that show? That's that show. I was there. Oh, yeah. holy shit. <laughs> and, and Paul Masvidal came out. Yep, that's right. And and um, I just remember, I didn't, I did talk to him. I got drunk and then like fucking, you know, Cynic's my favorite band, like later in the night. But um, <laughs> I just remember being in the venue and, and watching Paul look around and he, he went over to the Visceral Disgorge merch <laughs> setup and was like checking out all the like, the dead babies with the fucking that broom hit. Yeah, like uh, it's the most ridiculous merch table ever. And I just remember looking at Paul, looking at that, and just thinking, <laughs> like imagining him thinking, "Look how far death metal has come since I, you know, <laughs> back in you know helped well, invent it or whatever." About it. He was playing with Cannibal, and he, if you got a two millimeter shirt, it's just as gnarly, dude. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. Really yeah. fucking it's funny to think it that. Was said and done with after tomb of the mutilated butchered at birth and tomb of the mutilated it was all said and done yeah <laughs> i would have loved to see that it's like it's paul's like basically like a dad looking at his son's like death metal band merch going like oh, okay all right well this is what's going on namaste <laughs> yeah fittingly yeah, at an indian restaurant yeah, yeah I, I i actually remember um i was so sick that night oh yeah oh yeah so oh really incredibly sick yeah so um Max told me, yo, when you're done playing, you're going into the car, uh, driver's seat, and you're turning the heat on, and you're staying there until we, like, are done with packing everything and stuff. 
So there was like, there was this little moment where it's like, uh, he brings Paul to the car and I'm like, hey, Paul. Oh, you're awesome, but I'm sick. Uh, you'd rather not shake my hand right now. It's like, uh-huh. yeah, I, I totally missed that, that encounter. Yeah. That was a good show, man. Got like moved oh, twice the day of the show. They like moved the venues yeah. around and it ended up at this Indian ballroom restaurant ballroom super funny story my friend tony who plays bass in transcend the realm my band he uh he is living in la and um we keep telling him like he's gonna come out he's like i'm finishing up i'm gonna come and we're like telling him like oh the venue just got changed and like here's the name oh it changed again here's the new and like he's like all right i'm like driving out there with my friend now and he just like plugged in the name of the venue but it actually was the venue name or the is the same name as like an, a restaurant out in beverly hills so he like drove all the way to beverly oh, hills oh God. <laughs> to like an indian restaurant there Not and he's indian like restaurant. this doesn't look like a death metal concert <laughs> he had to like drive a whole hour and a half after oh, that yeah. oh my <laughs> god <laughs> through, through like friday la or saturday la traffic too mm-hmm. the whole day but he made it uh yeah it was we got to chill and Good. It was how one of those people, shows. How many people made it to that show after all the venue changes? Good question. It was. I was surprised how packed it was. Okay. But also they downsized the venue. Um, I don't know exactly why all that shit went down. Of course, it had to do with the local promoter. Um, fucking over. I remember our, our agent was uh, Dan Defiance. He was also pretty pretty livid about it. And um, I think though that because pre-sales in LA went just really well, that people still showed up, and uh, it was—I I think the headcount was like north of two hundred fifty or something. Oh wow! It was not bad yeah. at all. Yeah. That's yeah, crazy. it ended up being a good show, and 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 all the bands had good sound, and I I could be—I mean, I, I remember your set being very close, and um, and I got to meet Tom that night too, which is great, and told him how much I love Fear is the Enemy and all that, um, but then um. I got to be like kind of behind John Longstreth during the origin set and just getting to see him up close like that. I've seen origin alive many times, but in that room, getting to be behind the kit, that was special too. And I was just yeah. so impressed that he's been able to keep up that style for, if he's been going like for 15, 20 years now, just, just continually pushing and, 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 and there's so much you can do with that. You know, he's, he's showing us that there's so much you can do with that full 250 bpm straight 16th style there's still so many possibilities left yeah yeah he he's sometimes by by sheer uh tempo and playing patterns on the ride he that reminds me already of jazz because i don't know because he's just so fluent so it sounds like ding 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 you know like it's uh it sounds like some up-tempo kind of jazz stuff if you listen to the ride sometimes yeah or like the the the, the high the closed hi-hats and stuff totally. so yeah um can i ask you lily about um like new drummers that are like kind of coming up making a splash in the metal scene there's been a lot of uh people like kevin paradise and david diopold and these guys um, do you like follow this kind of new metal drumming, which is kind of like what I found is, is characteristic about it is there used to be like a, a tempo limit on the feet, uh, that the hands could go faster than the feet. Um, 
you know, hands could go above 250 to maybe 280, 290. Um, but now it's like these guys are just playing that singles on their feet. And it seems like they've just managed to like eliminate that, that gap between hands and feet. And it just blows me away how fucking amazing these guys are. Yeah, man. It's, it's, uh, I, I don't know. I, I kind of stopped uh, trying to compete. I, 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 I guess that's why the new album is also so weird because I'm trying to <clears throat> get into different beats and uh, kind of uh, branching out in my own kind of direction. But um, yeah, but it's insane. I, I would, I would have to lie to say, Hey, I, I, um, I don't want to get those heel toe thingies uh, down or whatever. Like I, that, that if I could, it would be amazing. It's just, I feel it's again, it's contradicting um, the path that I have chosen to go like work on my, my, uh, like the, the fusion need the dynamic yeah. stuff. You know, I feel like I, I'd be practicing three hours just to get the, the, the speed down. But, um, so to answer the question, um, I think one of my favorite might, might actually just uh, be Ken Bedin. Mm-hmm. because because he's he he still sounds so it, it's it still sounds so musical and so dynamic at like spy like i feel like he can do all the stuff like that i do and plus the the the, the swivel stuff and you know um so that that's probably one of my favorites of that style um but Basically, man, I, I don't look for that so much anymore. As I said, man, yes, yesterday I've been listening to uh, Sick Fuck. That's like a, that's an album where like, basically they can't even play their instruments. <laughs> but, yeah. but Joel, the album- my, my reasoning for liking Grindcore, dude. No, he's just got a different style of music right here. Okay. It's the same fucking <laughs> dynamics or mentality of it though. This yeah. fucking grind, bro. <laughs> yeah, it's just like it, it has that attitude and has the the ideas too, you know. So sometimes it's just that stuff, or I don't know. I'll, I'll start listening to stuff, uh, power metal stuff from the '80s, and going like, "Whoa, Agent Steel or something." I'm like, I, I got into that really late, and <laughs> like um, that's something I care more about. And then, but I think the the youngest drummer that. I almost I want to say he he kind of carries the torch in 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 somewhat metal drumming when it comes to the the Sean Reiner thing is uh, Matt Garska for yeah. me he's absolutely for me he he uh, made animals as leaders like uh, that's when I got animals as leaders when uh, when he started being in the band it was just mind blowing yeah matt is absolutely fantastic yeah really exciting because he's got such a long and exciting career ahead of him i'm sure yeah Yeah. that's right yeah i just i did i didn't want to touch on that i know that your style is is very much innovative in in ways that are different from a lot of other metal drummers and you have your own um style and 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 so many people respect that and so do i that you're you're one of my favorites despite not being completely focused on just death metal, uh, double bass yeah. drumming or whatever. So, yeah, that's awesome, man. Thanks. Yeah. It's, um, uh, yeah. yeah. 
I got a one-off question real quick. Sorry for uh, Lily. Um, Totally one-off question. I should have asked it earlier, but I wanted to know. um, So you got your dad into metal and then eventually into death metal. You guys started playing death metal. Did he seek out his own bands? Did he start like digging on in crates for his own death metal bands to find? And if he did, try and remember like one of the first bands that really made an impact on you that Wolfgang actually introduced you to. That, 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 that didn't happen. That didn't happen. Okay. No, that, that didn't happen. But, um, actually, um, um, I would say that the first band where he was really, really psyched was Slayer. Just, just the runs like this stuff like when it gets like artsy you know he's he's coming from a like a miles davis kind of perspective kind of yeah like it has to be he doesn't want like the plastic shit so yeah there is just like it's just like this alien abstruse thing already you know and it's like can't explain why you like it but no he's he um he basically got got to know every band uh, through through me, basically. Mm-hmm. But I can, oh, yeah. uh, but I can definitely tell you uh, at the end, his favorites were uh, Devourment, Discourse, Brodekin, that kind of stuff. Hell yeah, <laughs> Brodekin, Brodekin, yeah. <laughs> and then he's. Um, he was never technically. He was never like fit to play the really crazy uh, tech death kind of runs. So he was more for the. He was more into the development kind of like. Yeah. You know, yeah. He was a builder, not a shredder. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, after he decided to, he doesn't want to deal with that stress anymore. He was like, we were gonna start uh, uh, like a dark kind of version of all that Miles Davis, uh, Chikoria, Mahavishnu stuff, and maybe mix it with a little bit of death metal elements, even. So, but it didn't yeah. come to that, unfortunately. That would have been fucking amazing. Yeah. Fuck yeah, I'll have guys. To invent it, yeah. Um. I got a couple more questions. Someone, someone wanted to know, like, it's kind of funny, the phrasing. Um, what, what is the meaning of slam to you guys? <laughs> the meaning of slam. It's yeah. like, uh, like Islam. You got to get so philosophical on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, what it means is one, two, one, zero, one. Two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's um, a bunch uh, of ones and zeros. It's just yeah. Like- <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, I remember, sorry. Uh, just real quick yeah, go ahead. to get this started when we first used the word slam it was not a genre we used the word slam as in this is a sick slam yeah but when it became a genre is like when we were like uh you know this is not this kind of played out over and over it's no 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 more like the excitement was kind of gone when when people called it slam death metal to be, really blunt, to be really blunt it's like you took something great and you 
not really, but well, that ruined it. But I, I, I understand what Jacob's saying. So you're you used it as a description of uh, part of a song, a style of breakdown, just yeah, yeah, a part of a song. So it's yeah. like basically like if somebody were to come out with blast death metal and just fucking blast the whole time. Pretty much. That's why yeah. Sam doesn't kind of. I don't even know what it means anymore because to me it was never a genre. It was like, damn, that's a sick slam. You know, just like that's a sick blast or mm -hmm. whatever, you know. Um, and I remember and when, when I found out it was a genre, I went to a Devourment Guttural Secrete show over in uh, Fresno. And during the breakdowns, I was like, I was so confused because during the breakdowns, everyone was doing this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? And everyone was doing it. And I'm sitting there just going like, like, where the fuck am I? Is this a new thing? Am I like, this is so weird. And like I was friends with the Devourment guys. I, they, I had no idea that that was like a, that was like the pit move. Just yeah, like, yeah. I mean, it's a hip hop thing, <laughs> I guess, you know. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, in in Europe, they'll just have a blow up hammer or some like thing. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say that I was like in America when you go to slam, you get the hands down, and in Europe, you get the hands sideways. Uh, <laughs> the chop. Oh, they took the chop. They took the chop Frank. It's like three beers or three beers, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the America versus Europe. But um, anyway, th those were just my two cents. I love, I love slam. Like the, I love the sound of a, like a good fucking slam that just kicks you in the balls and just makes you want to ah, you know, go go low. Um, yeah. I just don't know what the question really relates to because as a genre, I don't. Um, I, I don't really know. It, it kind of lost a little bit of its appeal to me. I'm not going to lie. And I don't know what people, what bands are still striving for um, when, you know, slam is literally all you're gravitating around. Yeah. You know what I think of like right now, like when I think like a, what really made the fascination of a slam is like that one part on bleeding profusely where he goes like, <laughs> And then yeah. it's like just double gen, gen. yeah, yeah, no. gen, 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 yeah, gen, totally, gen. dude. <laughs> to me, that that's what it's about. You know, you have like you have like 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 tremolo picking, and you've got like technical riffing, and then it's like at some point you need to do something else, yeah. and it's like it's <laughs> yeah. ah, that, yeah. ah, what song is that, man? Suffocation are kind of masters of that, you know. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, dying fetus, too. Dying fetus. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I'd say that's bleeding. Suffocation. That's where, like, I, arguably the first slam ever happened. Yeah. Arguably, yeah. Okay. But they did it just right, like Casey said. Yeah. The master just having that that build up and then just breaking it down into the slam. And without the build up, the slam is only worth, you know, half. Tasteful. Yeah, there's there's exceptions though and i mean the first exception the the band that made like an album out of it first was internal bleeding obviously you know mm -hmm. then um to me the prime and um the best example is josh what oh devourment well that's the decapitated yeah. yeah of course 100 percent <laughs> and I love molesting, but molesting has ups and downs. It slams a lot, but um, it's still, there's yeah. still past parts, uh, you know, not yeah. necessarily from the guitars, but the drumming maybe really bring bring all the uh, the difference in the, in the structure and the buildup. There's definitely buildup in, in, on yeah, molesting. Oh, yeah. Have noise yeah. I think it's kind of cool. Like, I, I love your drum sound and uh, I love the snare tone, you know, and you have yeah. a good, like, natural crack to the snare, but it sounds good. Like, there's like some slam 
I don't, I'm not going to say any, but I've heard albums that I'm like, well, the snare is just crazy, like ringy, you know? Oh, um, yeah. But yours is sick. And it kind of reminds me of Cryptopsy, like, dun, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. That's like a different uh, form of, it's like different from Suffo's kind of like crisp. Yeah. It's a, it's a different yeah. kind of, but so like, I think of that too, like as a slam riff, as you say, like highly mm. wound, smaller. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Mm. So. Yeah, I, yeah, that won't ever change. Like, I will never too much snare down. I don't know. Let's just say the meaning of yeah. slam is devourment, molesting, and decapitated. There you go. There's yeah. an answer. <laughs> yeah. so, I think that's a perfect answer. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. I I think uh, heinous killings. They really delivered something new after that, like in 2005. Mm-hmm. Like, or, or him, Joe Wolf. I just that's just. It, and that's not probably not even that slam. Like maybe people wouldn't even call it slam. I wouldn't even consider heinous killing slam so much. Cause like what, what I associate heinous killings with is like that, like speed. Yeah, true. Just a blasting drum computer pretty much. Oh, that's, yeah. That, that's what about like sect of, sect of execration? Oh, that is slam. That, yeah. That, yeah. That's something that stands yeah. out for me in the slam category that I, I look at Amazing, as yeah. quality. Absolutely. Yeah. Or abominable oh, yeah. putridity. Is kind yep. of like the, the the archetype slam for me. That isn't. That, yeah, that is when slam started being a genre. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like template, exactly. I guess you could say that's where I think. Well, one also, I mean, the was it the second abominable putridity album? Um, yeah. uh, Anomalies of artificial origin. I think that was like that set like the template for you know the clean sort of uh, production that a lot of slam nowadays takes on. And I don't know. That's kind of where it started to lose me. I'm like, well, yeah. Yeah, it's slam, but like, where's the grime? Mm-hmm. I'm missing the grime. Yeah. Yep. That's like a turning yeah. point for sure. Yeah. And I know a lot of people that fucking love that album. Oh um, yeah, hugely popular for sure. And, and and don't really even follow any of the stuff after it, but they they don't mind the production on it. They 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 really appreciated it for whatever. And I do too. Yeah. So. Yeah, I like yeah. that stuff. I liked. You remember Lila Prodi Catalepsy? We played a bunch of shows with them in Russia. You know, yeah. I, I I dig these guys live, especially, um, and they have that little bit, you know, eight string guitar, deaf chord slam element to them. But you know, they they bring it live, they bring the energy, and they have they have some fun parts and fun riffs, and so I can definitely appreciate that. I've never seen Abominable live. I don't know if they even play live. But oh, yeah. um, Maddie has like AP is his his own project, and he did see them at a band now live mm-hmm. at Las Vegas. That's yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. I was thinking, I was thinking that like, like in Russia, like you know, back in the day, I didn't. But you're right, yeah. the AP. Yeah. It's not technically abominable putridity, but it's yeah. you know the music. But that was enjoyable. Well, I will say, I enjoyed that, it. That show for me ruled, just basically because they're they're all sick musicians playing that stuff, and I mean, Maddie Way, life, you know. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah, you can't you can't go wrong, of course. And I mean, best yeah. vocalist there, and they know why they did that. <laughs> okay, I'll take watching Maddie live any opportunity I can get. I don't even, I almost don't even care what band it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll try to bring him out with Tavata shout out Maddie again. Yeah, yes, it's on the table. Yeah, I remember um, uh, when I saw Discourage back in the Sheila gutted like the, the bloodletting one. And he just opened the set with the whole like vocal intro. Oh, fuck. yeah! I was like seventeen. I was just like, "Holy crap!" That's sick. I would love to do that. That's so good. Oh, 
uh, there's no amount of money too large that I wouldn't pay <laughs> in the era of Disgorge Live. Oh, fuck uh, yeah. yeah. You, you go back and watch some of those old videos. Dude, oh, just, classic. Fuck, I wish I was like five years older, dude. Yeah. Just come, <laughs> come across it five years earlier, and then I would have been all up in it, dude. Yep. I wish I could have seen Death, man. That would have been really cool. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've seen Death in 1993. Yeah, fuck oh, you. really? Damn. <laughs> badass. Oh, yeah, no. What tour was that? Human? Was that Human? Uh, individual Thought Patterns. Okay, yeah. Fuck. Damn. Uh, Greg, Greg Lord on the second guitar. Already mm. one of my favorite guitarists, and then he's in Death. Mm. I was... I mean, I was fucking... I was 11. It was not Lilo Rock? Nope, not Andy LaRock. It was uh, Craig Lochichiro. Huh. Forbidden. Forbidden guitarist. Yeah, yeah. Sick. And that was Steve DiGiorgio, right? Two yes. On bass? Yeah. Cali, Cali Death represent? Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Antioch, California? True. <laughs> Twice. Forbidden yeah. and status. True. They're, they probably knew each other before. Maybe that's how he got into the band. I think that's what... Uh, Chuck came out to California, I like... I think Death did four demos. Then he came out to California and was mm-hmm. hanging with those dudes in um, Autopsy uh, guys. Yeah, in Mass was it? Yeah, Autopsy and then Sadist, mm-hmm. and that's how they came across uh, Steve. Then they did that fifth demo, and then that's what got him signed to Combat. So that that fifth demo was recorded in California, people. Yeah, it's Florida, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> what got him? I wanted to actually talk about that because. Uh, uh, California death is basically death. It's uh, you could say it's like the the beginning was in California too, and it's like yeah that it's that mutilation demo uh, demo you're talking about. I I love that thing. Fuck yeah! It's like uh, Chuck's first. <laughs> it's like that gives me goosebumps every time. It's like that riff down 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 down. Yeah, dude. First so time good. you heard that. Sick. Well, Can shit, I, dude. Where are we I, at? We're at uh, one. Uh, I don't know. We're probably just over two hours or something right now. We're like two fifteen. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I'm here. I'm here. We're for you guys. I'm just. I'm just checking in. Yeah. Just let us know. <laughs> uh, what do you guys want to? You know. I'm. I'm here for the long haul, dude. So it's all good. Um, <laughs> I wanted. This is. This is a question I've been wanting to ask because I've been listening to your guys's other interviews and you know, you're, you're, you're always flexing, like how much you're influenced by, uh, jazz and, 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 and very technical bands and stuff. Um, and it's just kind of like always this assumption, like, oh yeah, but then we love like sick fuck and fucking, you know, all these, all these other projects that are like much more simple and like caveman or like, I don't know. I kind of like this IQ lowering like term people are throwing yeah. around. So like, why do people like us who like, you know, all this Mahavishnu stuff, like why are we still attracted to this like IQ lowering music? <laughs> <laughs> like, um, I wanna, think you go ahead. Because we want to flip some tables, man. Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> I, that's basically in other words, what I was going to say. Yeah, there's the, the energy level that just only comes with death metal. That's, you know, what what got us all started in this. Or it probably keeps us from flipping tables. That's what it is, dude. If we didn't have it, we'd be flipping tables all over the place. But since we have it, we got we get the mental table flipping. It's an opiate of the masses, yeah. <laughs> Almost like the, the as above, so below. Yep. You know? 
you like the, you know, we we love and appreciate like technical music and really really high uh, high level of musicianship, and so we also have to enjoy very low level of musicianship. <laughs> one and the same, you know what I mean? Well, I mean it's it's evolution. We still have caveman blood, so it's like it's oh, it's. Is pertaining to that little that ancient part of us is just like beating shit, making rhythmic noises, and fucking throwing shit around. And oh, of course, it's gotta be that primal sense. Because what else? I don't know what else makes death metal attractive uh, to us. It's just that that feeling you get that's probably in like the really primal part of your brain. Just yeah. wanna. Ah. It's a therapy. Yeah. It's 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 not talk therapy, but it's a therapy in a sense that you're. It, it somehow relieves pressure. It uh, relieves some kind of tension, at least in the moment, you know, yeah. when you're experiencing it. Yeah, I had, I had actually talked about this in an interview I did with, uh, with somebody recently. I can't remember what interview it was, but I had mentioned that death metal is actually extremely therapeutic. In, mm. um, I mean, of course, in a, in a listening sense, you know, listening to, you know, your favorite records and stuff like that. But I went beyond to say that Death metal, I, I personally believe that death metal isn't a genre of music that the confines of a recording can actually hold. You you have to experience it live because there's an energy between the band and there's an energy between the, the fan who, who is enjoying Yeah, the audience who's... There's an interplay between the two, right? And it's between like, the stage and the audience. It's between I, the people in the audience. Yeah, there's an energy and there's a bond between the fans and the band that... You know, the band gives something to the audience, obviously, where they're playing the music and the audience, the response of the audience fuels us to continue to yeah. deliver to them. You know what I mean? Dude, it's uh, a symbiotic, symbiotic relationship. Absolutely. Totally. It's a given, giving and taking. And uh, you guys probably all know this when you're um, we have a really shitty crowd and maybe other circumstances are not right. But the crowd's not giving you the response. It's hard to not be demoralized just yeah. a little bit. On the flip side, you can have a shitty day. I don't know. Maybe you were fucking traffic all day. You're like, you show up yeah. to place and you get on stage and the crowd is cheering you on and you play the best show of your of the, of the tour that day just because the energy is there and um, it's, it really helps you carry you through the show. I found pleasure in uh, playing shows with like, because we do these, you know, Decrepit was doing these bigger tours with like more of the core bands sometimes where we play these meet up at a big core festival where it's like, you know, born of Osiris, Whitechapel, always, you know, all of our friends, right. but, um, you know, to get the, get the stare from the crowd. And that actually kind of, I would actually get like this, like energy from it. Like, 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 I'm going to fucking fuck these guys. I'm going to fucking brutalize. Yeah. I don't give a shit. Well, that's, like, what, that's like, what I was going <laughs> to add to. I was like, so that, that shows, um, I don't know. It, there's levels that you get as a band, you know, I'm not going to say professional or amateur. I'm not going to say any of that shit. I'm just saying you get to a certain level where, you get to that show, Jacob, and you're not feeling the crowd, but the musician who is truly in it for being up there on stage is going to try during that set to change yeah. the attitude of the audience. Whether or not the attitude is actually changed at the end of the set, it's the musician who tries to change that attitude the whole time. And, and you're still victorious at the end, even if you didn't because you were you stayed in yeah. it and you did what you were supposed to do you know those those are some some of the best shows too when you turn it around when you're yeah you and the audience is not giving you the time of day and then at the end they're all cheering and wanting more 
those are of course the the very best shows and um even if that doesn't happen you'll still play a show and have a an okay time but um it's still like there there's shows where you're you're doing you know you're being a professional and you're you're playing the show and uh, and it's, it's fine and then there's shows that you really like you truly enjoy and you don't have to put your face on no you're actually like this is the shit that you live for and um that usually comes with a great audience and that usually will be your best merch days too when you switch a bunch of people over you'll like look over the merch table and your fucking shit's flying off the shelves because everyone's like fuck yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> some of the yeah. most exciting shows to me are the shows where we're almost like we're coming in almost like an underdog and we know it we know based off the bill um, the other bands playing that okay we know like like probably 70 percent of the people in this crowd have no fucking idea who we are and that's motivating to like exactly really bring and, and try to represent ourselves as the best version of ourselves we can bring that day or to that to that Dude. performance you know what i mean so yeah, yeah it's definitely exactly. motivating to you know. sound like a spiritual uh teacher right there like, <laughs> it really is like that it's- we are what we are <laughs> be your own be true to yourself on stage and it doesn't matter who's watching you we are true to ourselves <laughs> we have this inside joke always with that uh the headbangers journey that uh oh yeah that oh, shit. with uh with uh necro butcher oh god oh, the always- mayhem shit yeah yeah at least once a week we're like making reference to that so fuck fuck you man fuck you <laughs> yeah People don't like it. <laughs> Fuck them. Germany sucks. <laughs> I have a phone. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, we could we could literally make the the whole remainder of this show about this interview. And the best part too, <laughs> the, the best part is that he felt terrible about it, and then like ended up inviting him over because he ended up seeing like, oh shit, made me look like a fucking asshole. And he, he brought like the interviewer from Banger, that guy, that guy with the long hair. Uh, I'm over yeah. to, his house and they did like a, a follow-up where he's all nice and oh yeah sorry. i think I, I think i think necro butcher is a, probably a really nice guy yeah I, he was just hammered like in that thing. though yeah yeah yeah, yeah. God. alcohol can do fucking weird things dude he had this hate in his eyes though in that interview he was just pissed <laughs> like his eyes were just like bulging he's like fuck you like it's like <laughs> is he gonna fight the interviewer right now like, yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious Shit, classic. Fuck yeah, um, classic. As as we move towards like winding down, because we're getting up there, um, we've talked about cynic and focus, and I wanted to, as, you know, make sure we carve out a little time to talk about um, the Shans, Reinhardt and Malone in particular, because I've heard I've heard you guys talk about them. I'm sure that they were like, you know, the biggest influences on you as much as they were on the biggest influences for me for like a a death metal rhythm section who just <laughs> completely changed what what that even meant to be like the to greatest. play death metal um so yeah can you talk a little on your on like the ways that that those guys have influenced you and like pay tribute i mean obviously you've paid musical tribute so you listen to the music that's like a lot but i want to hear like a little more in words you know so <laughs> I don't know. That's a lot. you go <laughs> um it's just you know when it's about sean reinhardt you know i i got a I gotta start talking. You know, I, I don't know, man. It's, it's um, it was like I I actually knew like uh, Billy Copham and uh, uh, um, Jack DeJohnette and, and Tony Williams and all these guys uh, before I like as a child. You know, my dad would show me all these guys, and then 
I got into metal, Megadeth and Slayer and whatever. And then I don't know, a few years later, it's like I just buy this, like, or I, or I, I rented that a human CD, CD and put it on tape. And then I listened to that and it's like, it's both of these things kind of combined and it's, it just like blew all, both of our minds, you know, my, my dad's and I, and it's like, he's, uh, I don't know, single-handedly introduced a new philosophy into metal drumming. And I think um, no one really truly picked it up like, in a legitimate kind of way. Maybe, I think maybe uh, a few did, you know, uh, Thomas Hake uh, from Meshuggah, like he, he I, th I think he was probably inspired by Sean Reiner. Mm -hmm. Just, um, but there's just so little players that um, actually get that kind of like fluidity. And I think um, he's actually bringing... It looks like he's really just improvising over those death songs, you know, and it's like, I feel like that's really like untapped territory still, because most people are very rigid in what they're playing. They're playing the same thing every night, you know, it's like, uh, to me, that was absolutely mind blowing and revolutionary to me. Uh, uh, yeah, to me as well. I mean, I'm not a drummer, but Sean Reiner is fucking god, you know. That's yeah. clear. And uh, Sean Malone, uh, I mean, he just, I, I loved uh, both Cynic and, and Gordian Knot, the stuff. And he's done some solo stuff as well, that Courtland album. Yeah, I love that one. I, I really do love that too. one. Sean's on drums on that, and Reiner's yeah. on drums there too. Yeah, so it's yeah. Just, they, they just can't I, be separated. Without <laughs> vocals. And, oh, I do. I remember I discovered that. So before I knew Focus, I knew that Roadrunner demo, the three track demo. I actually don't know. Maybe it was Marcus who gave it to me. A uh, little would know who Marcus is, of course, but yeah. somebody gave me that demo and I was not familiar with Cynic at all. And I, it was like a whole world, you know, open up like that, that moment where like, holy shit, that, that bass solo in uh, Eagle Nature, I think. And yeah. Just like fucking earlier version of Eurobonic forms. That's yeah, and yeah. it was basically like death with jazz, with more. Yeah. Jazz, you know, it was like it was fucking perfect. And I remember I was even disappointed when I heard Focus because I it took me a while to warm up with the vocals. Probably you know a lot of people felt the same way. Um, and for me it was like, damn, you know, I just wish the vocals were like they were in the demo. And I was a little bit of that guy for a moment, but then I just fully embraced it and. Um, Unfortunately, a little bit of the wildness was gone from the demo, but hey, there was still that just that that magic happening in the in the rhythm section and um and uh, again uh, on uh, that Courtland album and um and Gordian Knot, uh, uh, Sean Reiner played on like one song I think on the second album on Emergent, one or two songs I can't remember he played on. So they did have these collaborations collaborations later, and um yeah I was I was shocked when when I heard the news. Um, Jar Jarzen Beck's on that first one too. He's on a yep. few yeah. tracks. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, you could definitely tell the songs that he's playing in because he he shines with his style, right? Yeah, even, even in the the clean 
you know, more chill stuff. He's still fucking playing in his style. Those are like some of my yeah. favorite solos of his. They're like really soulful. I think it's, it's still Reflections or something is the, my yeah, favorite this, song. Dude, like that, R- R- he, Rivers Dancing or something is another yeah. one. It's like, so good, dude. Yeah, dude, this. Man, yeah. It's, so it's so anyway, it was, it was really, really shocking um, to not just have, you know, one, but both of them die in one year. That was, yeah. <sighs> yeah. Bad. Yeah. We're paving the way for for basically what we're doing. You know, we wouldn't be doing this without them. And Neil yeah. Pert too, all in the same Absolutely. kind of yeah, all in the same yeah. kind of. Neil is a fucking hero, and yeah, yeah. I was so devastated when Me when too. He died. I, I felt I felt just genuinely sad for for days. I was actually visiting Casey when um, Neil passed, and we were um, we found out while we were eating tacos. We got like the text about it, and we uh, we went to go see. Um, I don't know if Casey, well, there's two nights that Tool played and my, uh, my buddy's way into Tool. He's his first birthday. We want to go, you know, check out Tool in San Diego. And uh, it was the night Tool was playing that Neil passed. And um, so Danny Carey did like a tribute to him on the drums and stuff and did like had a picture of them like holding like, you know, arm in arm and stuff. And just fucking everyone's all fucking sad. And, you know, it was it was it was heavy, man. It was probably one of the heaviest. Yeah. Like, drum this character as well. I mean, his drumming, but also just the guy just yeah. he's like the fucking nicest most down-to-earth dude ever and it's just so sad she lost his wife and and daughter oh, yeah. and then he's got and, a fucking you know, gnarly story dude he just took off on a motorcycle around like just yeah. bailed for like years right you like didn't yeah. he do like fifty thousand miles in a year or something on yeah that? Something like that yeah across uh, north america pretty much yeah yeah it's crazy man yeah, i remember when you like we're, we we were at that restaurant you, you like had your phone you're like oh shit and you like read the news and told us and i was like yeah and then I came. We were on Yeah, and I came Super to visit. Happy. You, like what? Like a couple of weeks later, and then we got oh, then Sean. Sean. And I was yeah, like, yeah. It was like yeah, weeks later. Yeah, that's crazy. That's Super happy to have seen them. Has anybody seen Rush live? I've seen them a few times. I have. Seen Rush. I've Never seen them on their last European tour before they retired, basically. Oh yeah. wow! I got lucky. I saw them on the Snakes and Arrows tour, which is a. Eh. It's a whatever album, but I mean, you go to a Rush show, you're gonna get two and a half hours of fucking Rush. Yeah, you know? yeah. And, and it's hard it was, to beat it was a fucking experience like no other, dude. I got to see him play Moving Pictures all the way through. That was pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah the Time yeah. Machine tour. They were rotisserieing chickens in like <laughs> yeah, commercial-sized fucking rotisseries, and dudes would even come out and like base the Based chickens them. while yeah, they're yeah. playing and shit. <laughs> That's awesome. Like I don't get the joke, but it's funny. Uh, well, the joke it's not. I, I don't know. I mean, it's a joke, but I think they actually served that to the crew after the show. Oh, oh shit! Yeah, if oh, I'm what? not mistaken, those chickens are real, and they're really <laughs> for the fucking crew <laughs> they're not prop chickens <laughs> <laughs> that's got to be a requirement if i ever go on tour again i want rotisserie chicken every night for me every night yeah just the food that everyone's going to eat at the end of the night being cooked in the background while you're playing yeah yeah did you guys go to that like death to all show like we like i saw it in san francisco yeah we uh, were there together dude right and yep. uh oh, we saw it in berlin you saw it in berlin yeah mm-hmm. berlin i yeah yeah. That's what sold me on uh, Max. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The whole thing, the whole thing uh, totally convinced me. And I've like, yeah. like, there's been many haters about that, but I don't care, man. It's a bunch of high class musicians playing amazing songs. And uh, yeah. partly it's, it's the people that played with him. And, and Max did a fucking amazing job. Yeah. So. I was like 
10 feet away from Sean, just watching him because he's sideways, you know? And so I was just like, just the whole time, I didn't look anywhere else. I mean, I was watching Paul. <laughs> uh, was Hoagland for us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. we had both. Oh, oh you oh. guys had only one German. We only we had, had Hoagland, yeah. Oh, yeah. We, it was Hoagland and Sean, and they switched off. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Jesus. It was at the yeah. the Grand Ballroom in San Francisco. Region Sean, I think Sean's leg was kind of injured. Um, was and he, like, he just, oh, yeah. I knew I, he, like, was hurting but he still played the set and he has this like yeah second pedal like on the outside of his hi-hats like, right his style the, that's how he puts the yeah the pedal yeah there. and i remember yeah just getting getting to see all that real close too yeah such a yeah yeah i mean the the malone reinhardt even in the later cynic stuff um you know they they kind of shed some metal fans along the way but their rhythmic rhythmic uh tightness is is there and um on like the kindly ben album like every mm -hmm. fill that sean does sean follows it to a t it's like mm -hmm. it's so fun to listen to once you realize that that's the thing to pay attention to all those albums mm -hmm. just click and, and it's yeah. so so cool i can um, totally get down with the rhythm uh, section on trace and air and and after um yeah, it, again it turned me off a little bit because the vocals are just not my cup of tea but the rhythm section i can still totally dig mm-hmm Fuck yeah. yeah, man, when Sean Malone died, that was a sad night for me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, I'm glad that, Jacob, you're, like, carrying the torch right now. And uh, super stoked <laughs> yeah. that you, 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 you wrote a lot of, of the Darmada stuff. Are, are you contributing more to the yes. newer Darmada? Do you guys want to talk about what Darmada um, is turning so into now? Darmada back then was an idea that... Um, Lilla and I pretty much had together because we both just love that style. And that's why um, it was just like, like a playground where you could be like, wow, now, now I can do this. Or we can, you know, try, try a groove like that. Like things that were just impossible, even as progressive or whatever, as you know, defeated Sandy may be that, that just was out of the question that we could do any of that stuff. So that was, that was amazing. And that enabled me to bring in a, a few, um, ideas of mine that i uh otherwise wouldn't have been able to to bring in yeah. we normally, we jammed. Hmm? normally denied yeah another <laughs> would be like nah you know i mean i understand it's your baby it's got your handwriting all over it so it's hard to um you know fit my 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 brain is wired a little differently so to fit that in there and um anyway with Amada, i had then the the ability to bring in a lot of that stuff Plus, it was fortunately when we were still living in the same city, so we were playing a lot together in the room and jamming right. things. So um, that's also a reason why back then I was, uh, you know, just th having that rhythm section, just like with the two Shans, I guess, really builds up um, music like that, you know, from the ground. And um, anyway, yeah, I mean, if you want to talk uh, about uh, stuff right now, Lilla is uh, cooking some Dalmada stuff. And I just sent you a few parts that you said we we're going to use. So hopefully they'll, yeah. they'll get tied in and um, there's going to be something. Um, who knows? 2024. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. I don't know. It's, it's um, I, I just demoed like two songs, like along to like guitar profiles, because that's what I do. Like um, I play drums to uh, guitar profiles and um I don't know. It's uh, on the one side, it's very like there's a lot of actual like I want like long jazz kind of guitar solos. So there's a lot of these mellow kind of sections. But then 
on the other hand, hand should like kind of reminds me of Sepultura, like right, like really fast, like thrashy riffing and stuff. And I know a lot of, like like a little bit of like forbidden kind of like it's very deep sounding, you know, like uh, I know a lot of the things that really, really impressed me with the music of uh, Mahavishnu or Sonic is just like the deep, like the uh, it's like. You know, I guess it has a little bit of the the Buddhist kind of thing. You know, like the things that we can't really fathom or whatever. You know, so like that's a little bit what it sounds like. And uh, yeah, it's it's just what what Jacob just said. It's uh, defeated sanity is just emotionless. You know, like the 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 album is just about animals. A sanguinary impetus just about animals. Uh, carelessly uh, devouring other animals and stuff, you know, like it's about that kind of stuff. And the music is just, there's there's no room for any like other emotion than like this, this hatred, you know, like death metal, you know. It, it wanted, we wanted this album, this new album to be cold as a, and, and just emotionless and kind of a little, a little um, sterile in a way, uh, yeah. yeah. Which is the opposite of you know what we're trying to do with Damata. Exactly. So I guess uh, Damata is very um, soulful. It's it's not only about uh, technicality. It's a lot about uh, soulfulness for me. Like I want like really to it, death human is the same. It's like there's there's a vibe in it. You know, it's really deep, really dark, and um, yeah, beautiful. You know, it's to me that's. Uh, what that music, the big fascination is about. And it's like, um, I think death metal uh, is not just about like the table flipping thing, but there's also like the scales that are used. They just speak to me, you know, like, and with, uh, with that human album, it's just very apparent. Like you, you can really hear what he's using there. It's like, it's, to me, it's like very like, spiritual even you know and i guess that's what's uh what's the big uh highlight uh for the new dharma ta stuff yes, there's something coming <laughs> might be another two years but there's gonna be something fuck yeah, yeah. i'll be purchasing when it comes <laughs> thank yeah. you sir. cool guys can i close this out by asking the last fan question i was gonna say one thing real fast um yeah, sure uh where can people buy merch and support defeat the sanity and did we i know you showed the website for for uh, lily but um, um like what's your main i'm gonna take that um so there's there's not well there is a main i would think it's the big cartel and there's a link on our facebook to it and that one is entirely operated by us so whatever you order there is gonna either come from germany via lila or from the united states via josh or me <laughs> So that's all us. And then there's Bandcamp, which um, is mainly Willowtip run, but um, except for the older releases. So if you were to purchase um, uh, Psalms, Prelude, or a, okay, that's the big cartel right there. Is that yeah. hand sanitizer? <laughs> that is hand sanitizer. Oh, no, I have it. I yeah. have that shit. That's I so cool. That too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I saw that and I was cracking up and I immediately ordered it. 
dude, there's still some left. Man, Anybody gonna... needs to sanitize? Uh... <laughs> dude, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna order a shirt and some stuff, dude. Fuck oh, yeah! I want yeah, that long got... one right there. That one's cool on the left. I want that patch and I want that hand sanitizer, dude. All right, dude, dude hell yeah! Patch left, so you better be quick. Um, also, <laughs> it's sold out. There's an update. Oh yeah, that's a tap book. That's right. The tap. Oh, oh the patch cool. is sold out. Shit. Here's another. No, there's like two or three more patches. Ah, uh, he's got to save one for me, please. Uh, <laughs> and then there's the other tap book down there. I should rearrange that to the side by side. Anyhow. Oh, way cool. Yeah. I put oh. I put I put patches on the side of my sandals, dude. Fuck uh <laughs> leather jackets, dude. It's like all on the side that. of the sandals. Like that. That's a cool flyer. <laughs> So, so watch out though, because there's going to be a new piece of, um, merch coming, um, that we just had made like a new, a new design that we had made for, for the song Suti, uh, fitting the lyrics of the song Suti from the Spoils of the Dead. Fuck yeah. So basically I'm just in the process of, you know, getting that wrapped up and, um, that will be updated in the store soon, hopefully. And then, um, to conclude, so that's Big Cartel, which is mainly run by Willow Tip, still helps us, you know, if you want to. Uh, support the label supporting the label supports us so in a way that's that's still a good thing to do mm-hmm. and um then there's indie merch uh, where you can buy um which also we get a cut from so that's also supporting us and yeah those are basically the three options and then every once in a while we'll have a license to like brutal mind indonesia or something where you can buy stuff and we usually get compensated for what, that what also. was the link to that website again that you just showed us oh that's the big cartel yeah big cartel yeah yeah it's through the facebook yeah oh yeah you should be able to get there and it will be updated soon with um with a new t-shirt as well so cool stay tuned fuck yeah fuck yeah my uh my bandmate bought the tab book and is about to drop uh some videos playing sanguinary shit and oh nice he fucking nailed it i'm really stoked and stoked to be playing with this guy and you guys will hear you guys will see it i'm sure so Oh, I'm sure he's he's awesome. one of a few guys going going at it right now, but yeah, really impressed so far. Yeah, we had pretty good response to that tap book. Um, like just judging by the number of people who uh, who downloaded it and showed interest, uh, there's a lot of players out there who's who are pretty pretty jamming that stuff right now. <laughs> okay. And I I bought the uh, the uh, the disposal or no, I guess it's just Darmada. I bought the Darmada tab book at that show when you just sold it with the little download. Oh course. yeah. Little download code. I got one of those. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, nice. But yeah, so just uh last question from, from a fan Um, just wants to know what your guys' favorite albums are. And he says, it doesn't have to be metal. So pretty fucking wide open question. Just chance to talk about your favorite albums. It's always a hard one. <laughs> and, and we'll be on here for another hour. So. <laughs> I mean, I could throw like 10, 10 out there right now. It's, I don't Top know. 10 or whatever. Uh, this, I mean, I, I, it's impossible because I would probably yeah. say 10 and then after that, I would be like, oh, wait, but yeah. what about that one? Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. about that one? Just 10 to randoms. To me, to me uh, I don't know. No, go, I wouldn't say 10, maybe three, since we got three, <laughs> three each or whatever. I, w- I would say Gorguts. Um, I mean, see, I can't even like now. I'm thinking three. Then, do I want Gorgas in there? I do, but then uh, there's so many others. So then, consider dead. um, uh, Yeah, would would be would be up top Uh, when it comes to death metal. um, I I still I still worship suffocation, the old stuff. So I can't even pick one. It's like breeding a spawn, pierce from within. You know, just it's impossible. Mm -hmm. And then. Maybe one album I can clearly put in the top three would probably be Controlled Resistance, just because oh, it's so unique. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so, it's just 
one of its kind to me. So that one would probably have to be in there. And watchtower, watchtower watch control and resistance. Yep. But I mean, I know Josh's gonna say too unmutilated, so I don't have to say that. <laughs> yeah. I know there's there's too many. That's just too many. Yeah, that's a tough Out question, there. man. Josh, you go next. Oh, that's I mean that's so loaded because <laughs> for all the genres of music that we all listen to to narrow down three, it's it's not even fair, bro. And uh, um, honestly, <laughs> I didn't say three. Just just saying. Oh, okay. I said three. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> It's good to stick within the confines of something because this should just go on until next week sometime. We'll just do one. Yeah. No, uh, no. We'll be back <laughs> next week. Just an entire episode on your favorite album. Well, I mean, yeah. I'll say, of, of course, Tomb of the Mutilated is, to me, like the pinnacle of all death metal. It all goes back to Tomb of the Mutilated in some way or another. Um, yeah. and me, I'm actually a really big Opeth fan. Um, too, my yeah. Arms Your Hearse by Opeth is one of my favorite albums. Probably my top, in my top three favorite albums. Um, oh man, what else? I consume the Forsaken from Disgorge. Fuck, I wanted to say that. That's uh, <laughs> like my weekly listen, you know. Um, if you, hey guys, if you wanted to add a, a consume song to the TVV set list, we already do um, the first two songs. We do Demise of the Trinity, and we just added um, what's the second song on that album called? Um, Perverse Man and Perverse. Uh, We're doing. We do that yeah. one, and we do the title track. If you could pick a another song on the set list, we, we want to add "Divine Suffering." Do you consecrating that? be reviled? Yes, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's a great one. I'll work Doesn't on get consecrating. It's a pretty short one too, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Short but vicious, yeah. crazy. Yeah. To me, that's that's basically a Schoenberg in death metal. That's what that song is. Yeah, okay. Anton Schoenberg. Yeah. That's an amazing song. Doesn't yeah. get enough love. So uh, yeah, I'm, that one. Put that one in. I'm I'm yeah. actually gonna go chill and jam with uh, Diego. Hopefully this coming week. Maybe we'll wait till next week. All right. Uh, try to be super Diego safe about that. it. Yeah. Well, I'll, yeah. I mean, except Diego, if you're listening. <laughs> Shout we're out working Diego. also. We're working on manipulation. Oh, nice. And indulging. So those are the other two. Are just play, just play, just play, yeah. can top to bottom. Yeah, Fuck, dude, just do it. Every, every, you know, everybody wants it. Just do it. <laughs> if you know, I mean, I I just need people to tell me to get stoked on it, and I'll I'll get stoked on it. Because no, do 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 enthroned abominations, please, because I do love that song still. Sick. Yeah. Dude, the, the the last TVV drummer, uh, well, not the last one, but but Scott, the first one, he he has a video of doing that one, and I'm 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 like impressed with him, and I'm like scared to try to do it too, but I'll, I'll fucking go for it too, man. Why not? That's, <laughs> That's yeah. what I need to hear. Yeah. Hell yeah. So what are, you, are we? We're pretty. We're pretty much good right now, huh? Uh, Lily, 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 Lily's gone. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry, dude. Sorry, Lily. What's your uh, what? top? What's your tops? Your oh. couple albums, yeah. Oh yeah, wait, yeah. They, these guys put me in a bad situation now. I'm like running out of. Uh, There's still so many though. Huh? There's still so many that you yeah. could, you know. I hate uh, I the guess. position you guys are in. I can't do what you I guys are do doing it. right now. I, so, on the spot, you would have to give me like a week. Yeah. Yeah. So since so since the other guys covered like a lot of the. Ah, damn it. So, 
<laughs> so I gotta say, um, just Mozart, the Requiem, I guess. I guess you can consider that an album. I would put it's, that in mind too. It's uh, it's just insane. So, um, and one of my other favorite um, classical pieces is the uh, Turangalilia or Turangalila Symphony from mm -hmm. Messiaen, which is absolutely that? insane to me. Um, so yeah, we haven't even talked about classical music a lot. Oh, we um, a lot next that. episode. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, part two. So, yeah, come back, guys. Yeah. <laughs> the third one. Uh, I'm just going to say Spastic Inc. Incomplete. Nice. Fuck yeah, nice. yeah. yeah. All right. Good one. That's yeah. A good, that's a good send off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <dude. laughs> Hell yeah. Well, cool, guys. This was fucking great. I mean, we're creeping up on three hours now. This is fucking awesome. I and we're still at a point where I know we can do in part two if you guys are down. We'll have <laughs> yeah. you guys back. We gotta give somebody else a chance first, but maybe later on. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah most yeah, definitely. Yeah, but yeah, sure. we'll work it back in in a little bit, no doubt. We'll we'll check in with you guys for sure because this was awesome, dude. I, thank you. Thanks. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah, thanks for coming. Yeah. Really, okay. I really had yeah. fun today. Yeah. I I enjoyed uh our our time together and um. So yeah, Cali Death Podcast episode eleven in the bags. Uh. You guys got the the information on how you can get some defeated sanity merch and go support them. Uh, as far as the podcast, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Joseph just started a blog. Actually, uh, if you want to drop that link, Joseph. Yeah, dude. Um, or is it even up yet? It's it's. Uh, I can pretty much put it up. I just have to buy the better URL. Uh, okay. Basically, so, yeah, I'm ready to we'll come uh, back with that info then. We're, yeah, we're launching the Cali Death blog, so that'll be part of an announcement online and everything. So okay. you'll see that all. Yeah, sorry, I jumped it a little early. My no, bad. You're good, dude. All right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so and and obviously to get Lily on this, we had to do a special uh, Sunday morning uh, West uh, Pacific Standard Time podcast. Uh, so we'll be back at the normal time on Thursdays again, right, guys? Eight o'clock. We're gonna start doing it again. And uh, yeah, we got we got some options ahead. Like I said, Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube channel. Subscribe and like all that shit. Come be a part of the party. And uh, yeah, you guys stick around just for a couple more minutes. We'll say our goodbyes. And uh, you guys keep supporting underground fucking metal. We'll see you next Thursday. <laughs>